<laughs> yes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, everybody, welcome to Trozilla. I am Megan Spear with my friends Scott and Ooh, Ed yeah. and our good friend Ricky Randis from the Ripple Effect podcast. Hi, Ricky. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me and thanks for also being on my show at the same time. Yeah, well, thanks for having oh, us yeah. too. Thanks for having yeah. us. Absolutely. Well, Man, it's- well, I wanted to catch up because it's been like your journey. It's been awesome to kind of watch it, to see you guys from the beginning and then just seeing you guys grow. It's just, I feel like a cheerleader at times, you know, but I just, uh, I, I just love seeing just people who are passionate and sincere. And you guys have had people on, I mean, so many awesome guests. I mean, Jason Burmes has been on Dr. Kendra Becker. I know you had uh, Brian Festa uh, on uh, not too long ago. And, and listening to these shows, one thing I didn't know and, and until actually listening to more of your shows uh, with these type of guests is uh, how passionate you guys were about the same topic that I'm seem to be extra passionate about. And that's the big pharma vaccine issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it yeah, seemed, no. That, that, that was the stuff. Was that the issue that really got you guys uh, motivated to do something? Well, I mean, I'm speaking from myself. That was my passion coming into this project. It's it's funny, like our history. I was, uh, you know, I have a vaccine injured child, and and I was the parent who was their mother was right off the bat, like this vaccine is causing problems, and and I was like, no, it's not the vaccine. You know, there's no way it's the vaccine. She was staying up late at night researching and doing all. I was like, it's not that. Like I was, I was honestly totally on the other side of this thing until one day I just started looking into it myself and I would, Oh my God, there, the, the science isn't there for me. It was uh, the vaccine conversation podcast. Uh, that was, that was the one that kind of uh, red pilled me on vaccines. I, like I already knew nine 11 was BS and stuff like that. I was red pilled in a lot of ways, but I, I thought big pharma wouldn't just, you know, lie to us on that level and hurt our children. Right. So, so when I started seeing all the data and the facts and go, and really the, the lack of science, I would say really the, the fact that they, they don't have a vax versus unvax study, the, the fact that, uh, you know, they don't use uh, double blind placebo studies on, on all the vaccines, you know, that they kind of do the science in a way to avoid these things, right? They do it so they can kind of get away with things without uncovering the, the possibilities that as the parents are pointing to all the time, parents are going, this is what happened to my kid in big pharmacy. No, it wasn't. So, <laughs> so anyways, so I started talking to Scott who was a lot deeper in, into conspiracies, I would say, right. He was a lot deeper in that. And and at that point, I, you weren't even red pilled on, on vaccines, That's right? hundred percent, man. Like, like, so Ed and I, we've known each other for years prior to this. Right. And this was just in towards the, just last spring, you know what I mean? And, and we started talking there originally the conversation was like, let's make some t-shirts, right. And get the word out there. We can just like, you know, make memes and t-shirts and stuff like that. And then Ed actually had the idea of like, let's just make a podcast. Now, now that, and that was very interesting too. Like what he said though, because yeah, dude, I could talk about reptilians and freaking, you know, well, you know, SH, all that stuff, right. All day long, <laughs> um, you know, Connecticut, Newtown, Connecticut. Yeah. We talk about that yeah. all day long, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but he's like the vaccine thing. I'm still like, yeah, but isn't the science settled on that? I mean, I don't know. Right. Like I still wasn't there. I hadn't even looked into it. And so obviously Ed kind of steered me, you know, Del Bigtree, Melissa Floyd, um, and and uh, and it kind of sent me down that path. And I was like, oh god! And obviously, because of all the COVID stuff and and that looming over our heads, it became really imperative to get up to speed very quickly. And just from what I determined too, yeah, I'm like, oh wow. And well, that, and I yeah. think you know, I mean, you look at 
when COVID happened, it was like every conspiracy hair on the back of my yeah. neck went up at the same time. And especially looking at big pharma, just really in that world, it was like this, it just made sense. Like, you know, this is, this is garbage. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so anyways, it, you know, history is history, but honestly, but then Megan, like yeah. I met Megan 30 minutes before we recorded our first podcast. So this is true. Yeah. So, um, so Scott and I had known each other about, I don't know, about a year and a half now mm-hmm. or so. And it's interesting because the only real uh, awakening that I had to any of this was just kind of the glimpse into the global pedophilia ring. And that was sort of my focus and my interest and my passion to try to, you know, fend against for a long, long time. And, um, and I was in school for law enforcement and I thought that I would pursue a career to find justice for some of these things. And I ended up not doing that, um, raising a family instead, but that sort of just remained in the back of my mind, like always that undercurrent, I was just so aware of it. And then Scott and I uh, met, and and I think like one of the first conversations we ever had, Mm -hmm. I had just gotten uh, Bill Cooper's book, um, uh, Behold a Pale Horse. Horse. And so we're we're driving and I said, so by the way, have you ever heard of this guy, Bill Cooper? And he knew exactly who I was talking. What? I know, we were just like, like, (laughs) just like, oh my gosh, do I know you from a different life? So I thought she was like a handler, like sent. And I'm like, I was just like, oh, well, I'm really just glad that they chose like such a cool chick to come be my handler. Like, this is great. I love it. Yeah, for a, for a while, like we, we were hitting it off, but he was like, are you sure you're not a spy of some yeah. kind? Like, so anyways, but it was all just kind of like lighthearted and I wasn't delving too heavy into it. Um, but my, my background in terms of just uh, my own core beliefs and spirituality and things like that, I was hugely aware of what new world order was without even really understanding or even being aware that agenda 21 quote unquote existed. Um, and then they said that they needed to shut the schools down for two weeks. And I knew, (laughs) I knew immediately, I knew immediately that it was new world order. I was like overnight that that was it. And for that 14 days, I was just like, hovering on that hub, like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful. Like we're going to go back, right. It's going to be, they're going to, our kids are going back to school. Like we're not going to see new world order in my lifetime. Surely like that's not the life that I wanted to live, you know? Um, and, and it turns out that that's what it is. So, (laughs) so, um, it's interesting though, because right at the beginning, uh, Scott and I were visiting and, and, you know, everyone on lockdown, you know, a lot of us like-minded people were, you know, getting together, having meals, you know, on the down low in uh, quarantine and, and, and talking about these things. And he was saying, you know, my friend and I were thinking about, you know, Ed, Ed and I are thinking about doing this podcast. And I was wondering if you might like want to do, because yeah. at this point we had, so I'm kind of a new truther. I, 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 I mean, said a conspiracy theorist kind of like uh, like 10 months ago, and then it turned into a conspiracy analyst. Now I'm just a truther. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm kind of a brand a new baby, a warrior for truth. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I, what's happened for me is I'm just getting like a boatload of information from yeah. the universe on all of these rabbit holes, like simultaneously yeah. all at once sure. over the past, you know, most of a year. So normally in my mind is, I mean, I'm, it's blown in that I'm not surprised, but it's just like, I can't even, I can't even believe that that we're going through this. And so it's, it's all come together very, very fast for me now. But anyway, 
but also credit where credit's due, Ricky. You, you have played a huge part in, in where we are today. And just a big thank you, you know, I mean, yes. coming on the union and you coming yeah. on our show early on and yeah. then the union and the unwanted and just that's where we've met half of our guests at this yeah. point, you know, so um, just uh, a lot of props for that. Thank yeah. you. Well, such a trooper, Ricky. I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you now, because when you came on for us, the you know, whatever, six, yeah, seven like months ep- ago, episode like six I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I didn't say one word to you the whole time. Yeah. So I have. I get, uh, I get, I get very nervous. What's that? It's my fault because I don't stop talking. So it's not. No, no it, was, it was definitely. I was so like for the first like five, six months that we sat here, I was like having these panic attacks before going like so stressed out and like my whole shirt would be soaking wet in the back and I'm just like rolling sweat and so stressed out and messing up all my words and losing my train of thought. So that was what was happening when you came on that day. I was like, I was so focused. Okay, I'm gonna be cool. Yeah. totally be chill with this dude we're gonna have a good conversation and and the rest of the time i was just like oh my god please nobody talk to me i can't breathe what's happening yeah. so I, i'm starting to get out of that like a you tiny are. bit, god, a tiny so bit but, um and i'll get there i'll get there more and more for myself it took a long time to to not get that i would have like mini anxiety attacks sometimes before shows because i would just i don't a little bit was insecurity of like your intelligence not knowing i mean in many cases your only interaction with the guest is when you finally are talking and recording. So people don't realize like the second you're in front of a a microphone and you know, it's being recorded as much as you want to act like you can talk as casually as you would when it's not recording and there's not a microphone, it's really hard to recreate that. And in time you get better at it. And with certain Mm -hmm. guests too, like that's the other thing I'm I'm trying to think who made me nervous for the first time in a long time uh, recently, because now I don't get so nervous. You know, I, I try not to overthink things like, I almost used to over prepare and, and in the process of over preparing, it would make me overthink things where like, yeah. I'm like, okay, not that I, I under prepare now, but like anybody I'm having on, it's like you guys, you're having on people that you're a fan of. So it's like preparing yeah. means what? Like I listen to a podcast that I probably already heard or watch a yeah. documentary I probably already watched. And I'm just kind of rewatching it to kind of, you know, see if anything sticks out that I might want to bring up. So it's not too hard, but yeah, I mean, there, there is always that fear of like, especially if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody that hasn't done a lot of interviews, like there's always like, okay, are, are we going to, you know, is it going to be casual? Are they going to be a little uptight? Are they going to be, you know, whatnot? Like sometimes the people that are the easiest to talk to are people who do a lot of interviews because you hear them on other shows. You're like, oh, they're super cool. They're super easy to kind of chat with. So, um, but I, I, it was a long time before I, that feeling really went, went away. And I think the longer the show goes, the easier it is. Like I remember when Mickey Willis was on, I was a little mm-hmm. nervous. Uh, Cause I, you know, I was such a fan and I was so yeah. excited to get a hold of him finally. And, um, and then I, I know like an hour and a half from the conversation, you it just, it didn't even feel like a podcast anymore. You just felt like you were talking and same thing with the last one I just did with a uh, Christian uh, same mm-hmm. thing. It was just like those real long ones. And I think I said it in the intro, like, I hope people hold on till the end of the shows, because when you talk for that long, you never know where the conversation is going to take you. And sometimes like really late into the conversation, an hour in, two hours in, you're bring, you know, somebody brings something up that you're like, oh shit, this is so interesting. I hope people stick around yeah. to listen to uh, this part of the conversation. So, but, um, but yeah, it, it is, it is one of those things where I, I can see from your perspective, Megan, like, when you're new to all this, like I couldn't imagine getting all this information at once, you know, because I feel like 
it can be a little overwhelming. It can be a little, I think in some cases, and, and, and it's a compliment that you can handle that because I think in some mm-hmm. cases, when you try to talk to somebody about this stuff and you do give them information overload, their first reaction is either like, don't believe it or immediately start arguing with you and, and, or whatnot. So I think that could be some of the problems with, with people from our side trying to mm-hmm. discuss it with like, I guess a lack of better term, a normie, because you can, you can get so excited about like, okay, they're, they're, you know, they're, they, I feel like they're, they're kind of engaging with me. And then all of a sudden you're like, am I, am I giving them too much information? You know, it's like, yeah. you can, kind of you can see them start to yeah. tune out. They start to get a little bit of that fluoridation just yeah. goes across their eyes. You're just like, okay, that's enough for now. Go home and think about this. We'll plant more seeds later. So exactly. yeah. for sure. like I always say on the show, like you, you never know uh, how much you're chipping away. And when they talk to somebody else or they run into another show or another documentary mm-hmm. article or whatever, like we're all chipping away. We're all doing our part. And we never know when that moment's going to be where finally they're like, holy shit, like there's too many dots. I'm connecting them. There's something here, you know? And, uh, but to bring up something that Ed brought up and, and, uh, uh not to cut you off Megan, because it seemed like you were no. about to say, but, um, there is a vaccine because this is really important. There is a vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, have you guys heard about this? Uh, the, yeah, the Dr. Paul Thomas that just came out that they, they suspended his license five days later. And w- yeah. so, uh, I recently, so he was actually just on our friend Ernest Hancock's show, yeah. I think today, this morning, or yesterday morning, but uh, d- not Dr. Uh, Paul Thomas, but the guy who did a study with him, Dr. James. Lion Wheeler, yeah, and he's yep. he's great too. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and and um, I mean, what's it for? So for people listening, they actually did have a study that got published, and with no review explanation, they just pulled Dr. Paul Thomas, uh, his license, and uh, you know, uh, do you know more about it, Ed? Do you want to get into it? Oh, I just uh, well, what I would do is I would direct people to the, to the High Wire. Um, Dell had an interview with Dr. Paul Thomas like right after it happened, and they went through the. the the exact reasons they cited for why they suspended his license. And, and he went through each one and it said exactly why it's total BS. It's, it's total bunk. I mean, we all know that, but, but if you want to go through it with them, it'll take you right through it. So um, it was probably a couple of weeks ago. And he was also, I think both of them were also on Spiro's YouTube. I are on his uh, YouTube channel. I don't know if he has a podcast, but I know you can get it still on YouTube sure. or wherever he is. And then, uh, and then he was on Ernest Hancock's "Declare the Truth." So definitely check those interviews out if you guys want to know more about it. But for sure, it is one of those things where I feel like the reason why one of these studies haven't been done prior to this is because they're afraid of what they're going to find. And it's of course. and and even uh, uh, James uh, James Wheeler he said on Ernest's show that I told him in advance regardless what the outcome is of the study, I'm going to publish it. He's like, I'm not an anti-vax guy. I'm not a pro-vax guy. I'm a scientist. I look at, you know, information and I come up with a conclusion. And he was, you know, so he's not a biased person. He's not somebody who's going to be, you know, saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm pushing for this because, um, you know, it proves that vaccines can kids who get vaccinated aren't as healthy as unvaccinated kids, which is a really important thing to put out there because I think too many unvaccinated parents are afraid of talking about it and afraid of like kind of sharing with other people that like, yeah, I don't vaccinate my kids. 
so parents, when they hear pediatricians tell them like, you have to vaccinate your kids, it's so dangerous if you don't, they initially think like, okay, well, I don't know anybody who, who hasn't vaccinated their kids. So maybe they're right. Maybe I am putting my kid in danger. You know, so uh, I think it, that is a important thing. I mean, I'm one of those people that I'm very outspoken. So I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of telling people what I believe or, or where I stand on certain issues. Um, uh, and I'm also not afraid of engaging in conversation. That's mostly why, because it's like, okay, if somebody disagrees with me, I'm okay with that. We can talk about it, you know? So, um, but I think that that is an important thing. And, you know, that's the thing about you guys is that I'm glad and, and people listening, like they don't realize how many people who have vaccinated injured children are, are the ones who are the most vocal in this community, like oh, Dr. Yeah. Brian Hooker, you know, you mm -hmm. look at uh, like you guys, you know, uh, so many people in, in this community are Dr. Or not Dr. <laughs> Brian would, uh, Brian Festa, <laughs> but uh, another one, you know, him and, and Don, you know, the, the other co-founder of his uh, organizations. So it, it's, and something that Del Big Tree has said on the show, which I, uh, I'd like to get, you know, your guys's opinion on, is uh, he said this, and I, and I don't know when when I heard him say this if it was a, on his show, my show, wherever. But he said at one point where, and he made it was such a a good point that the last thing parents want to do is come to the conclusion that something they could have prevented caused it. Because, and the reason I say this is because so often people say, "Well, the parents, uh, you know, they're just looking for answers and they're just you know pointing fingers or they're just blaming it on the vaccine or whatever." It's like. If you're coming up with like, okay, how, what could, you know, what caused this? What could have happened? I could see why you would want that to be the last resort. Like if that's the thing that you finally come to the conclusion that like, maybe this could have caused some type of cognitive issues or what, or whatever, like I can see where there could be some denial seeping in some, some regret, some guilt. And, and if you finally come to that conclusion, it's because you've almost in, in some cases exhausted all other options. And um, do, do you find that to be true guys? I certainly, I mean, I would say, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the living proof of that. Right. Because I was, I was the one denying it, denying it, denying it. And, and then at one point I, did my own research. Right. And I say, did my own research. I listened to some podcasts and then I started looking into things. Right. So, um, but I, I had heard a lot of the information and, um, you know, it, it is, you don't want to be the source of that problem, but it's also, um, you know, it's, it's so much easier. Life is so much easier. If, if just what they're telling you is correct and you can just go along and you can just kind of if it's you're with everyone around you, right? Like if you can kind of support the cause that most people are on that side, it's, it's easier. It's harder to look at it and go, man, this, maybe they are wrong. And then you have to really do all that research independently. And like today, you know, you have to, you have to really dig to find that research, you know, even just, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when I was looking into that information, it was more readily accessible than it is today. And no, it doesn't occur to people to just go and research it on their own. Like when my oldest kids were really young, yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't even something that, that it even occurred to most people to question, you know, like just in the 20 years since my oldest has, you know, become me, he's 21 now. Um, but it was, it really was not something, I mean, we, I had home births with my kids and I had a midwife who talked to us about, you know, making informed choices about vaccines. And she was really 
the first person ever, I mean, I grew up in a house where, you know, everyone was vaccinated. We did, you know, what, the, what was healthy, quote unquote, what, what would keep us well. You know, we, I have, you know, everyone was big on circumcision in my family. We did what the medical profession said was healthy and good and what was normal. Um, and then when I was carrying my first and I heard that, you know, maybe there was some other side to these vaccines, I still only really, I didn't even understand about like, you know, vaccine injury. I had no idea that people had been harmed by them. I was just more coming like as a young mom, like, well, you know, I kind of want to be natural with my kids. So we don't need to have these things. I don't want him to have these things. And most certainly not as a brand new baby. And in my mind, I had it that, well, if we just waited till he was a little bit older and then started a series that he would somehow be okay for it. And we did, that is exactly what we did. We waited till he was a little bit older. We started him on a little bit different schedule and it wasn't until his younger sister, my daughter, who's now 19, um, went in around, I think she was about, I can't remember now, but nine months ish. And she had a series, but she was, I mean, you could tell that she was hurt immediately, immediately. And the doctor just looked in my face and she, I, she literally just did like this motion. She goes, she goes, well, there's nothing we can do. And I still didn't understand that maybe this happened to other people's kids. You know, it wasn't taught to me that, you know, all the questions you can ask and the things that you can ask them to record and record. So we simply just started seeking, I mean, cause she just digressed, you know, she was so sick and vomiting and um, losing weight. She couldn't walk anymore after a short, you know, it doesn't take long for babies to lose enough weight and strength and energy to be, become dehydrated. But after a couple of weeks of her just going downhill, 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 we saw a holistic doctor that also was a chiropractor. And she also kind of, you know, reiterated the dangers behind, you know, vaccines and encouraged us to look into that. And I didn't even care to look into the vaccines. I just knew we weren't going to get any more. Um, and we wanted to try to undo what, what had happened. And, um, and we were, I mean, I'm, as far as, I mean, she has uh, like my oldest son. I know that one of the things we talked about with Dr. Becker was, you know, like he has terrible skin problems and he always has. And I always kind of wonder, like, is that his body still trying to, you know, come to terms with, with those things. And, and what I say too, to parents who are concerned that they're somehow at fault for their children being vaccine injured. I mean, yes, I understand that side, but also you can only put so much blame on your shoulders when you, when you don't have, when you don't have information to make different consent or denial. We are told broadly told that vaccines are the way to go. We're basically told they'll, they will have you believe they'll have you believe at a pediatrician's office and at school and anywhere else that it's not, um, a, a, not an option often. Um, and so you don't think that you, that you can question it. Um, but anyways, I, I sort of get off track with all of that, but, um, no, I mean, I, I, I love everything you're saying, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the one thing is, is, um, with the vaccine specifically, you know, once you start diving in, it, it really, it's right below the surface, things start falling apart, right? I mean, you see, I mean, you just have to start looking at the ingredients. What is in these, right? How, how does a vaccine work? You know, I mean, right. just these questions, if you just start looking at these questions alone, those should just generate 10 more questions. And, you know, once, and once you start digging in, I mean, I just, I feel like it falls apart. And there's, to me, there's just, it's undeniable the vaccines are one of the main causes of autoimmune diseases. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, you, you couldn't like, that should be, that's what people should be arguing over, right? They should, they should be doing science about this to make them better. So they, so they don't. Well, the first warning sign I think is that they don't do, uh, uh, you know, they don't compare them against children who are not vaccinated. They're using the baseline of children that have already received, you know, damaging 
you know, vaccines that have impaired them to be the basis of how other vaccines are responding in the human body. And that, you know, again, not information that I had 20 years ago, not information I had 10 years ago or even five years ago. So um, it, it is easy once you start to look a little bit to uncover it, but you have to first have that light go off that you need to check into it. Um, but it's it's interesting to me. It seems like that that things that are so good for you, they don't have to be buried, covered up, propagandized, uh, you know, sold to me through commercials, sold to me at Walgreens pharmacy, mandated. mandated. Um, to me, I guess I'm starting to figure out more than like, you know, again, I came out of the public school system. So I was a total came out of a left, total left leaning household, you know, and I thought that I knew it all. I thought I was the most awakened person. Possibly I came from a hippie mama <laughs> in San Francisco, you know, and then I had to grow up a little bit and realize that all of the, the things that I had been told and all of the, the cool I'd, I'd been swallowing was actually just keeping me in the dark under this blanket of, you know, being woke. And that's not what it was at all. And it, and so I, I, I wasn't ever hard on myself about what happened to my daughter, but just devastated over her being injured and trying to figure out now that was the part at, that was the intentional part as a mom where, you know, we have to look into these matters for ourselves. It's just like, you know, if you're going to go into major surgery, you know, a lot of people, they go home and they Google that, right. They Google that. They want to see what's the procedure. What's the recovery time. What can I expect? They're not just waiting for the doctor to tell them in their 15 minute consultation, what to expect. They're looking into it. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, we've been disempowered as a people and not just this matter, but that, you know, in public schools, that's a big thing. They don't want children, you know, thinking for themselves. They don't want children having critical thinking. They don't want them to, they, they, they certainly don't teach them to research anything or to question the narrative. They're not allowed to speak out of turn. Um, that really sets us up to be good, obedient, little new parents. And, uh, and, uh, and there's a way out of it. There's definitely a way out of it. And all these conversations help to facilitate that, like you say, Ricky. And you, just to, to jump right off where you said that, though, I, the most important thing for any parent to, to, to be able to address this is to forgive yourself. You've yeah. been, you've been told a big, huge lie. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's and that's in any of these issues that we look into. Right. That's true. Like we have been told these drastic lies. And for us, you know, whatever lie it was for me, that was this lie that's like now anything the government says or like the regulating agencies, like I'm going to question everything, right? Cause I've seen how big of their lies can be. Yeah. But um, just a side note though, that back to that uh, study that you're talking of Dr. Paul Thomas, I wish we had the numbers in front of us, but, um, but it was, the numbers are incredible. Like the, the, the vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And they, I think it was there. I think there was three groups. I think there was uh, fully vaccinated and then partially vaccinated and completely unvaccinated. And it, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves Yeah. and I'm a data guy. I mean, that's uh, speaking to what we're speaking on too. It's just like, we all learn differently. We all take in information differently. I, I referenced the, the vaccine conversation earlier because that was a very data driven podcast. They just always went over all the data about every shot they gave They, you know, what every ingredient was in it and, you know, and here's what you can expect. And it's a, you know, it's a pediatrician that's been giving them for, you know, uh, 30 years. And then, uh, another, um, she's a sociology major who's just really good at breaking down data. So, um, I always want to plug their podcast too. I, I've, I've wondered often, uh, I've, I'd love them to cross paths with, with kind of this group, you know, um, someday. Someday. And who are you referring to? You're referring to uh, the vaccine conversation. It's Melissa no. Floyd and Dr. Bob Sears. I think I got a Patreon. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, did, oh, I was going to say, did you, did you, yeah, she's actually, uh, I've been in, in conversation with Melissa. We've been going back and forth about coming on. And then uh, she asked me if, if I wanted Dr. Bob on. I'm like, sure, why not? You know, so I, we're still in the process of figuring that out oh, too. I can't but, wait. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's awesome. So it, it's, uh, it's amazing how many people are in this. Uh, I mean, there's so many people like, cause even her, her podcast, I got into it late, you know, it's, she's been around in the movement for a while didn't you know i didn't i just never crossed paths with with her work uh quite yet you know where like del big tree i've been listening to him since the sure. beginning and some of the others sure. um but yeah it, it's a uh, it, the thing that you guys were talking about in regards to uh informed versus uninformed parents i mean it's so true i've had people come to me and they're like i feel so guilty after listening to that podcast you did about uh, vaccinating my children i'm like listen you don't feel guilty i'm like what you should be pissed off about is the fact that you didn't have access to all the information right. and you know that's what you should be upset about because the truth is like you made a educated informed decision based on the education you have and the information you have yes. well if that's yes. being manipulated i'm like that's what you should be upset about that you didn't have the other information and you know the, the truth is like i'm i'm one of those people where like I, I i don't try to say i'm anti-vax because there are people out there who who got their vaccines and they're fine I mean, and there's people who got vaccines, as you guys know, who aren't. And, you know, so it does ha happen. I'm not anti-peanut butter, even though peanut butter can be harmful mm -hmm. to people. Like, but, but my point is, like, people should know that there's a risk to both. Like, the problem is people think that there's only a risk in not getting vaccinated, right. that there's not a risk in getting vaccinated. And that's a huge issue because that's a lie. First of all, like I, you know, I'm sure some of you guys have heard me say on the, on the podcast, the peanut butter metaphor. It's like, it's so true. Like if I give every kid peanut butter, somebody's going to die. So like, there's no cocktail of ingredients you can give to every single child on earth. And there's not going to be some, some negative effects. There's not going to be some deaths. Of course there are. So this idea that like people believe the science, Oh, you know, this has been debunked. That has been debunked. It's like, okay, forget all that. Let's just think of things logically. You know, that's what I try to do with some people. It's like, okay, let's just look at this logically. Do you, tr do you honestly believe like how unscientific would it be for me to say, I could give every child the exact same thing and every child's going to have the exact same reaction. I'm like, that's the most mm -hmm. unscientific thing I could say, you know? And then if you just think like, okay, logically, like why are kids who are born prematurely, why are they getting the exact same dosage of vaccines? Like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I was talking to a nurse not too long ago, uh, one that I know in, in my personal life, not one that's been on the podcast, but she, she, uh, hopefully I can get her to, to talk openly one day on, on the show, but she talked about this, how like, it's crazy that kids are born prematurely and they're giving them the same vaccines. Like, you, you, I mean, it's insanity. I mean, is there any logic in that? I mean, same thing with like the, the hepatitis, you know, a uh, uh, vaccine you give like at, you know, six months, like it's a sexually transmitted right. disease like there's, right yeah, there's no reason what type and it's interesting to hear the pediatricians justify that one like it's it's just it's absolutely ridiculous and the whole thing you said you hit the nail on the head the thing is is that people are making decisions out of fear that if they don't do it that that's that you're in danger and and two like the whole the whole schedule where you're doing it at this many weeks this many months this many months um, my oldest son, we had him, uh, we were on uh, immunization schedule for him. And by the time he was one, I think he was 13 days prior to his first birthday. And we were getting ready to move out of state. And so we went to his pediatrician at that time and had his 
schedule of vaccines given so that we didn't have to worry about that. I was so worried about missing that deadline, right? As a brand new mom, that's what I thought. Like if you miss a deadline, you have to start over, right? Um, and, and, you know, God forbid that we moved to California and he were to catch, you know, rubella or, you know what I mean? So what, whatever else. Um, so once we got to California, when the next series, you know, we'd it'd been a few months and the next series would have come. And so we ended up going into public health because we didn't have a, a pediatrician at that time. And they told us that all of his vaccines were void because they were 13 days prior to his first birthday that that it doesn't qualify under California law to meet their criteria for school. So he would have to be re-immunized. What? And, and that's, that brings up a whole bunch of other points. I mean, like another thing is like, what about, what about tighter tests? Like you look at like measles, everybody's scared of measles. Like, why don't we give kids tighter tests so we can test whether we need to even give them the shot. They might already have immunity to these, some of these diseases, right? Like we could do this. So it's okay to get sick. There. I mean, and we could, we could, yeah. It's that's the thing that gets me is this whole idea that we can't get sick. We can't have viruses. We can't have bacteria. We can't have, you know, when people like, especially like when people talk about, well, I had COVID and I was sick for weeks and weeks, weeks. I'm like, so, so what? Life is long. It's a few weeks and it sucks for a minute. Oh, you had a hard time breathing. We've I've listen, I don't want to be gross on air, but I had a terrible flu back in the day where I had it coming out of both ends at the same time. And that lasted for five days. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I didn't want to go get a vaccine to make sure that never again in my life might I ever contract a stomach bug. I mean, the thinking behind and, and the whole idea that the healthy people breathing the oxygen around us is making other people sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I, I digress and get off. Don't digress. Get, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I get off the subject. Um, but to me, these are all just so blatantly obvious things. And the whole thing behind the vaccines, when we talk about it being one size fit all medicine, to me now, 10, 10, you know, months ago, 12 months ago, maybe we would have seen it a little bit different, but now I just see it as part of, you know, we talk about them wanting to wipe a lot of us out. We talk about with agenda 21, what's coming. They've been doing it. That's what I'm aware of now. This, the vaccine agenda and the one size fits all medicine, the crap they're spraying in the air and the stuff that they're putting in our food. That's the genocide. That's the genocide. It's the slow genocide and it's not happening fast enough. So here we, here we need another little something to kick us over the edge. We need to at least make sure that those coming up behind us can't produce anymore. And that's partly what the, I, I mean, all evidence would say that that's the agenda. And we all know that Bill Gates is not this, you know, great humanitarian. Um, so it's just interesting to me. I mean, it literally is like every single day, I still have people looking me in my face and saying, well, you got to do what you got to do. Well, they, I, I commented on a, on a, she's a, an acquaintance girlfriend, but I commented on an Instagram post. She had this wonderful tattoo art, uh, henna tattoo art. I said, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I want to, I want to do that. And she sent me a private message and she said, you know, I, I totally would be down to do that. You know, we could, you know, be, as long as we're masked and we can meet up outside and I could probably, we could sit by each other for like up to an hour. She's like, but after I get the vaccine, things will be different. And my head's oh exploding my and I'm like, okay, I really yep. want to write this girl a novel and explain to her and send her some links. And I'm like, but with that, that attitude at this point, like that, that perception, that's, 
I have to be hands off on that. That's too far. That's not even a question. It's like to not even question it. Like I just, I don't have the emotional, spiritual energy to do that with people anymore because it, it's taken so much from me yep. to just try so hard mm -hmm. to have other people not be hurt, to have other people not yep. go through what we've gone through. You know, there are people who are still trying to plan families. You know, I'm, I'm watching this nurse get uh, immunized. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it by now and she's holding her belly. You know, she's pregnant and she's getting this, un she's guinea pig in front of the cameras for everyone with her unborn baby inside of her it's just it's flooring me it's flooring me so if that's still where people's mind frames are then the, then they need to have different conversations with different people because <laughs> i i'm trying to help oh, unite those man. people who actually want to live a full and happy life yep yeah. so. and, and how many people were pregnant in the studies zero oh, so yeah, you exactly. Are, exactly. you're, you're yeah. a guinea pig you know and uh, the nba there was a uh, just a article i think yesterday that players are testing positive a second time so mm -hmm. it's like that just throw so i mean regardless what reason that is you know it it, it just at least should plant the seed of doubt that either like the tests are bullshit or maybe even the virus is bullshit. I know on a recent No Agenda show, they talked about how, uh, I forget which lab it was, where they asked the CDC for samples. They had no samples. Uh, everything came up uh, like influenza A or B. And they're like, this isn't, this isn't what we're looking for. Like we're, you know, basically the only place the coronavirus exists, uh, COVID-19 is on the computer. It's like this digitally created thing like there's not we don't actually have a sample of it so um i believe they're suing the cdc and uh wow. so yeah i mean stuff like this need I, it just but like to go back to what megan said we shut down the world because we're supposed to stop the spread of a a lethal deadly virus now when people test positive like i was just telling somebody this uh the other day i'm like put in perspective that if somebody tells you they have cancer, what's your reaction? You're like, holy fuck, that's a death sentence, or at least could be. And, and that could, yeah. that's what goes through your head. Somebody tells you they have COVID, we're like, okay, we'll see you in 10 days. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, yeah. so, and that's exactly. Don't tell that. them you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that we're shutting down the, uh, the world for. Like, People have, so. I mean, I said this during the war uh, when I was like really vocal and, and I, I still try to be, but this takes up so much of uh, yeah. my energy. But like with, when I was really focusing on, on geopolitics and, and war stuff, like I, I would always say like, it, it's, I almost feel like the 60s era, like they they kind of wanted everybody to smoke weed and, uh, and, and eventually made it legal so they could capitalize on our short-term memory because people just forget mm. shit and then you can yeah. like just sell them a lie now and because they don't remember that it's different than what they told you you know a couple months ago and that's how kind of wars were like i always looked at wars i'm like do you guys i'm like how are you being how are you falling for the syria bullshit when iraq just happened not too long ago and yep. we just go oops yeah we might have fucked up we might have fucked up but unfortunately there's people who have ptsd there's people who uh you know, we'll never get their loved ones back. There's Iraqis who will hate us forever because we killed, you know, uh, innocent civilians. We, there's, uh, 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 tons, trillions of, of, of taxpayers money that went to KBR and Holland Burton and all these, uh, uh, organizations, these companies. So it's like, and, and then we just go, we just shrug and say, oops, we fucked up, you know? And then Syria comes around. It's like, no, no, we believe him now. We should, yeah, Assad's Every a bad time. dude. We should really get in there and we should do, it's like the same thing with like, go, go throughout history. I mean, look at Vietnam, like Vietnam has been 
publicly accepted that yep. it was completely based on bullshit. It was a war that we never even really had any intentions to win. And it was just a fucking money grab, you know, and never mind the drugs that were coming out of there and all that stuff. And there's, you know, and, and there's people who are, are Vietnam vets today that never had their life back, you know, that they were drafted. They never, you know, they, they mentally were never the same physically were never the same because of age and orange and, and whatnot and whatever else they went through. And, and yet these are people we trust that this time they're telling us the truth. I mean, I, it's almost like the, you know, the, the, the male or female who, who dates the abusive uh, significant other who, who every time they're like, no, no, he's going to be good this time, or she's going to be good. She's not going to hit me this time. He's not. I have yeah. firsthand experience yeah. Yeah. with that, by yeah. the way. And it is exactly like that. It, it really is exactly like that. There's that whole cognitive dissonance. Um, but it's on such a, a horrific scale globally. I mean, this this it's it, it's an entire. You said the F words. I'm gonna say it's a mind fuck. Yeah. Um, and it's a psychological war against everyone, and and it's it's been hugely successful. Well, and hugely I just I, I really think the difference is right now. I mean, you see the meme going around. Like if they if they would have told you they're gonna lock you down for a year, would have you gone along with or it? Or forever. You know? but, but what I think is that they just have they have so much of our data now they know exactly how far they can push each time. So they've been inching this thing forward, knowing exactly each time they push forward, they can get away with this much. They can lock us down this time for this long. Well, they can that, extend it by this what long. What's happening is that they they end up changing our lifestyle or remolding society in some way or another, like, okay, make everybody wear masks. And by the time, like the information that led to us accepting everybody wear masks comes out that it was not accurate or it was wrong or it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. People have accepted it and got used to it. And and the next thing you know, you're like, okay, now I'm accepting this lifestyle, this this way of life that was based on information that I actually already forgot what information it was that they gave me to accept this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, so it's like, it's, it seems like it's such a clever trick. It's like you, yeah. you give bad information, you, you just force feed us it. And then by the time we can debunk it, you know, it's almost like they say about like, uh, you know, articles that are, you know, bad journalism or, or whatnot. Like by the time somebody debunks it and gets caught, and says, hey, no, you lied about this. Like, nobody cares. Nobody's reading the article anymore. Like, yeah. everybody read the, the initial report that came out. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, everybody buys in. And then by the time we're like, hey, you know, like, Ferguson in the UK was wrong. And he, you know, he admitted that he was wrong. And nobody cares because his first predictions are, is what led to the lockdown in the first place. So it's 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 a huge issue. Like, this, this just, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just a lack of, memory like everybody needs alpha brain or something <laughs> you know I, what is it it's, it's the lancet study you just told, told the lancet study too the lancet study on hydroxychloroquine you know they they released this study that you know debunks it and uh everybody goes oh see hydroxychloroquine was bad right, right. and then and then two weeks later they retract it, which never, ever happens, but the damage is already done at that point. They're not using the drug anymore. Dr. Seralini, the French uh, uh, scientist who, who uh, did one of the real famous uh, GMO pesticide studies and found that, you know, there's some negative effects in rats or whatnot. He got it published, no problems. All of a sudden they just pulled it. And uh, he fought it and fought it and fought it. And then eventually they're like, okay, you're right. You know, we, we didn't have any real uh, reason or justification to pull your study. And by then everybody's like, oh yeah, that GMO study has been debunked. You know, it's, it, it, it was right. pulled, you know? So, I mean, it's the same thing with the Wakefield thing. I mean, look at Dr. Wakefield. I mean, most sure. people just know that 
oh, he had his license taken away. But no, you don't... I mean, this is the thing is what's frustrating with so many of the topics we talk about is that the people who are most likely to argue with it are the people who are less likely to actually look it up. Like, you, mm-hmm. like two seconds into the conversation, you're like, you have... I Like, you just... You, you try to, like, control yourself. But I just, like... So many times I've been in a conversation with somebody and I just want to be like, you have spent zero time looking <laughs> it up. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah, like, really. literally... No idea where you're, like you haven't. I mean, it, we can all reference things, and it's like, well, about this or what? And it's like they're just arguing with you, but not with any real information and no real way of debunking what you're saying because they're not even aware of what you're saying. And and so often, like so much of this becomes a pissing contest where just like people just want to. You're either like, which is crazy. Like I was going to use the term like that. You want to be a, a conspiracy theorist, like, and you're in that you know team, or you're a skeptic. But like mm-hmm. skeptic has been stolen from us because we're the real skeptics. Like yep. when you think about it, like what we call a skeptic, somebody who's a skeptic, you know, today, usually it's somebody who is trying to debunk conspiracy theories. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, well, that's not really what a skeptic is because I'm skeptic. I'm a, yep. I'm very cool. skeptical of everything. And that's what leads me down these rabbit holes is me being yep. skeptical. So why does he get to use that word? And why yeah. don't we get to use, We should be the skeptics. I mean, instead of conspiracy theorists, we should take back the word skeptic. I know, agree. But we need to take back debunks while we're at it too, because they, they tagged that with Andy Wakefield when like that was, you couldn't bring up autism and, and vaccines and go, it's been debunked. Right. And they just say, they'd look at Andy Wakefield. Like that's, that was their whole argument. Mm-hmm. Having never looked into it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very effective strategy. Like anything they did that they want to attack us on, they can automatically just say it's been debunked automatically without backing it up with anything. This is a very common strategy. And Charlie, well, talks now about it a lot. you could yeah. now just about everything we talk about has been debunked in the eyes of a typical person who doesn't really do any deep dives into these topics yeah. or know where to do deep dives. Because even if somebody does want to give you the benefit of the doubt of researching things you've talked about, they can't find that information. And that's right. a huge issue. That's why when we did that union of Don Juan with the Odyssey guys, uh, yep. Jeremy from Odyssey and Float and 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 Rockfin and whatnot, which congratulations, you guys are on there. It's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, when you coming over. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's the cult that I'm like fighting not to go in. I'm like, no, uh, take my wife, but don't take me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, I, I do feel like I'm going to eventually give in just because yeah. it, they're really good at doing what I suck at and and that's monetizing, you know, so it, it is like I can, but the thing is, again, like I've said this on the show so often, like these conversations are so important to me that I don't want to put them behind any paywall. I don't totally. want to make it a hard for people to get it. But I do understand like if I could financially get help, I can put more of these out there, you know, so I can, you know, I, it's, it's kind of, I see things from both perspectives and it's kind of an internal dilemma that I'm constantly having. Because I do, do like a little, just do like a little fun, like an additional show. Like, like that's kind of the direction I was thinking, like, like true solo. We don't want any of our interviews, any of our like fun little bonus episodes. We don't want, we want that available for everybody at all times, open source, do what you want, you know, enjoy it. Right. But, 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 um, you know, doing a little above and beyond act, like we go on a, on an adventure, an like film kick. it or like, just well, like, just something. Doing a ser- you're doing a series on there, right? I don't know. Well, so I had this, cause I was reading this article about, uh, how they're going to do, uh, it sounds like you're having second thoughts about, <laughs> No, no, it's great. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's it's hilarious. Explain it. No, it's just funny because I was reading this. 
I was reading this article about uh, how they like after Biden gets into office, they're going to have to have truth and reconciliation committees for all the Trump supporters and <laughs> and put us up on tribunals and, and you know, bring us to justice. And so I was like, oh, that's a great name. So called it the Truzilla Reconciliation Commission. Right. And so there we go. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, just going to be a fun little thing. I don't know. We're just going to do fun stuff with it, you know, and, and it's less less about. uh yeah, 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 it's just gonna be fun. So anyway, yeah, and it's speaking of that, I mean, we've we've made almost nothing with this, and we're not. This is yeah. not about the money. No, but, that's but it. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it would be nice to at least break even, right? And like make <laughs> this thing keep going. I mean, the, the goal is always to just get the information out there, get those conversations going. Certainly. Yeah, but um, I would. I really. I like Rockfin. Yeah, and the nice thing about Rockfin is, you know, all the people we really like are on there. So we're just in the group with our friends, you know, so it, it just makes sense. But yeah, I was dragging my feet on Rockfin pretty hard. Like, like, you know, those photos where it's like the dog getting pulled into the vet and they're like, their paws are all the way forward and their necks being jerked off with the leash. And they were like being so cool about it for a long time. And I was just like, uh, I just didn't want to do it. And finally I was like, all right, let's do it. And then, and now everything's flowing much nicer, much more nicely, but I would, you just can't, you can't swim against the current too, too hard, I guess. Nope. No. Anyways, have you guys started releasing anything on there yet? Where you have yep. your, your, okay, you, you did. Yeah, yeah, we uploaded about like the last like two months worth of episodes. Like we didn't go. I didn't. You know, I don't know. Uh, but then, but then, yes, we've been. All of our recent episodes are on there, and then we've done. There's like three premium ones up there, just quick little, you know, one offs. Like just, we'll just like get together like on a Zoom call, just like this, and be like, hey, you guys want to do a Zoom call real quick? Boom, boom. boom. Just you know, it's kind of just like yeah, kind of spontaneous, and then put that up as premium. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's a good deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's yeah. enough crazy things happening yeah. in the world right now yeah. where you can have a conversation like, you know, twice a day that you could yeah. just throw up. Right. Yeah. Oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. I like I, I like the idea that they're they're kind of taking in all these people that are looking for homes and helping them mm -hmm. monetize and whatnot. Uh, I do like that. My only concern has is always like I said, like spread the stuff as far and wide as possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Union done want it's the same thing. I remember when we we talked about do making it its own thing. I I was the one who resisted a little bit. And I'm just like, listen, I don't, you know, I don't care what we do. I, I just, I want to keep it a community. I want to keep it open and available. I want people who participate. Like, even if I don't share it on my RSS feed anymore, the hosts don't share it on their RSS feed anymore. I want the participants to do that. You know, I want them to be able to, because what happens is like, for example, you know, Dr. Judy, when she was on Monday, everybody is sharing it. So you guys shared it. I, uh, yeah, or, right. it ended up being on my YouTube channel because I ended up streaming it, but yeah, it wasn't on on my RSS feed, but I saw it pop up on my RSS or on my uh, podcast app because you guys shared it and and whoever else you know Ma Monica or whoever else uh, was sharing it. So everybody was uploading it and then they're putting it on their uh, YouTube channels also and Odyssey channels and whatnot. I know uh, Tim, uh, the Liberty Advisor, had it on his mm -hmm. Odyssey channel and whatnot. So it's cool because you're it, it, we're all helping spread these conversations exactly. And, and when they're that important and we're doing you know we're gathering that many people, uh, I feel like it, it helps. It helps having those big groups because everybody does have the ability to share it afterwards. It's if. Dr. Judy did a interview with just with me or just with you or just with Sam or whoever. Um, yeah, it'll get some attention, but now times that by five or 10, you know, everybody's sharing it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's much easier to get that information out there. So uh, to me, that was super important. Uh, 
uh, I'm the same way. Monetizing was never a priority. Probably wasn't a priority for t- for too long. Where because even the the podcast host website I use, Podomatic, they can get a little expensive once you get to like unlimited storage and and mm. bandwidth. You know, once that's necessary you know, it, it gets a, a little pricey. They're awesome though. I will say like any yeah. type of bad uh, issue when I had an issue with iTunes with the Del Big Tree episode in, in the oh. height of the lockdown. And when I had a issue with iTunes with a uh, Mickey Willis episode, uh, they were really attempting to, I mean, unfortunately they couldn't do much because iTunes was giving them bullshit technical issues. And I'm like, hey, oh, yeah. and I was just out selling Podomatic. I'm like, hey, FYI, just giving you a, a heads up they're probably lying to you. I'm like more than likely it's <laughs> yeah, because of sure. who the guest is, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and with Dell big tree, they, he had the same issue when he was on grime America, you know, with, uh, actually they did a swap cast grime America and the conspiracy farm. I don't know if you guys saw that, uh, episode, but it's a really good episode. It was with hmm. somebody who's friends with Pat Militich and he was supposed to be the pro vaccine person and then Dell oh, wow. would be the oh I want to listen so yeah. bad and, and it was a debate and the best part about the debate that it turned into the pro vaccine person saying yeah you're right Dell we should these studies should be done and they are super easy why haven't we done them you know and uh so it wasn't much of a debate and it was actually a really pleasant conversation but I know that America said that they had issues with that show afterwards mm. or um I don't know if it was iTunes or whatnot but I I like what they're doing too like America, they're always like ahead of the curves with like they are no agenda in regards to doing your own yeah, servers they're... and doing their their own thing I I think that that probably is eventually what we need to do but the hard thing is is how are we going to find everybody's show? You know, it's like, if we're all, it's to have some type of foot on these like mainstream platforms for as long as we can, I think is a good idea. Like I, I'm not going to leave YouTube until they kick me off. You know, I'll keep stuff. I mean, we talked about what the title of the, the last union of it, union of don't wanted it was going to be when we posted it on YouTube. And I'm like, I'm going to, it's on my YouTube channel. I'm going to put that. Do- it's Dr. Judy. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, if I get kicked yeah. off, I get kicked off. You know, it is what it is. But um, so I'm, I'm going to stay on there and use the platform. Hopefully, I know we're probably all shadow banned, but hopefully mm-hmm. somebody who isn't aware of it will run into it. And and I'm going to keep posting on Facebook and Twitter and all those spots until I get kicked, yep. kicked off. And and these alternative spots, uh, alternative platforms are awesome. And one thing I really like, and the only difference why... I, I'm a little bit more supportive of like Float and Odyssey compared to Rockfin is because Rockfin, Jamie's awesome and Rockfin's awesome, but I do have a sense of like they care more about like, okay, we're making a cool platform. They're they're not really passionate about maybe all the issues we're passionate about. True. You know, yeah, where sure. Odyssey, when you talk when you hear Jeremy, you know, when he was on the Union of Dunwanted or when yep. He was on, he did a good, uh, great interview with uh, James Corbett and he talked about, uh, you know, how he came up with the idea and whatnot. And I think I shared it on our, our uh, Union of the Unwanted Telegram messenger. But mm. that interview w- was awesome because you're like, this person actually cares about these issues. And same thing with, with Float, you know, uh, Aaron and Kingsley, they, they are mm. libertarians, they're passionate about, you know, no, no censorship, freedom of speech. So it's a different feel, you know, because it's like, okay, these people are creating a platform because they care about these issues. And Rockfin seems like they're creating a platform because it happens that maybe financially it's a, it's a good little, uh, a good little niche to have that like, yeah. Hey, well, we're not going to censor anybody. You guys can come on. I'm not really big into the alternative media world, but 
I, I will support you guys because, you know, hey, you know, you come to our platform. If you're on our platform, we'll support you regardless what you're doing, you know, so. Well, I agree with you, but I also want to say that if, if you were to look at Rockfin right now, like a, a big portion of their content is creators like us. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, so they kind of have no choice but to, you know, support our issues in, in that yeah, regard, yeah. right? Because we, we're supporting them. So, and, and I, I 100% agree with you, but we've kind of taken the approach, and I think what you're saying is just spread it everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. we're on Odyssey and, and, and all that stuff as well. The only so, problem I've been having with Odyssey is I can't seem to, so we're on there, but I can't seem to get, when we upload to, uh, I guess maybe I can upload directly to Odyssey. That's my problem. But like, like you know how it scrapes from YouTube, right? But yeah, I can't, yeah. any of our episodes are over an hour, it seems, don't make the, the transition it, over, which is interesting. Has it something to do with maybe having to verify the account or something like that? Oh, okay. Something like that. that okay. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's that's a problem. Uh, if you need Jeremy's email, let me know because I'll okay, contact sure. him directly and he'll help you out. And Because cool. I feel like somebody else said the same thing. That That's not the yeah. first time I heard somebody had a similar problem. And I think it had yeah. something, to, something to do with uh, verifying the account or whatnot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's where people are going to to get their information. You know, sure. the more and more people who are going to Odyssey and and I mean Float's not really a video platform, BitChute or whatnot. I, I think though you can get much more interesting information there than you can on YouTube. Like like we've oh, said certainly. on some of these shows. I mean, YouTube's going to be cooking videos and cat videos and how to videos and and wh- wh- who's that little. Uh, rich Asian kid who just plays with toys, whatever his name is, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> Ryan something. Yeah, I think it's Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, my kids love him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wow. I feel poor when I watch these videos. But yeah, yeah. The, oh, totally. these people are multimillionaires for open box opening boxes, dude. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like maybe maybe America does deserve to fall. I don't. Isn't know. that a little frustrating? Right? You guys put so much heart and soul because I know, like, throughout the years, that <laughs> I, I've always had this feeling of like, wow, this interview was like so important and i feel like i'm doing yeah. something fulfilling and important for the universe then you put it out there and you're like waiting for something to happen you're like nothing happened. like nobody nobody yep. cares, apparently, you know <laughs> which yeah. goes into a, a quick story about dr brzezinski yeah. when i had him on i had my podcast was real small i mean he was one of the first guests that came on within the i don't know if it was the first six months or year or whatnot it, so it was like either late 2013 early 2014 something like that and when i had dr brzezinski on i was a big fan of his if you guys aren't familiar with that that movie, uh, Brzezinski, uh, the business behind cancer, something along those lines, okay. uh, was a, a name of the film. Amazing film. So it was one of my favorite documentaries. And really, I mean, uh, it will pull at your heartstrings. It's, it's a, a really emotional documentary. This guy was a medical genius, Polish uh, immigrant, uh, got his PhD super young. I don't know if he was like in his early 20s or mid 20s, something like that. And then uh, all of a sudden, he went from like being considered a genius to uh, pseudoscience. Once he came up, he he found this thing called anti, anti-neoplastones, which was having some uh, cancer benefits in, in regards to fighting and intriguing it. And um, so he has an amazing battle or whatnot with him. So I get, I get him on the show. And, my, and in his documentary, he talks about how pharmaceuticals and other people are, are have these paid trolls to go just discredit everything that he does and call him pseudoscience and 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 say that you know again the debunking word you know saying that it is, sure. his uh his information's been debunked and his treatment's been de- debunked or whatnot and 
I knew firsthand because I had him on my show. I had him scheduled. I was really excited. I think I tweeted it or put it on Facebook, wherever I was in social media. And immediately, even even though I, I my show was very small, very you know the listenership was very uh, little. I was I never got so much attention in my life. All of a sudden, all these fake accounts were were just wow. tweeting at me and writing comments and saying, "Don't have him on. He he kills people. He's a murderer. All this stuff." And and I'm like, well, first of all, his stuff, his treatment can't isn't FDA approved because the FDA wouldn't let him approve it. And go whole, figure. Yeah, go figure. So it, it's uh, it, so they went after him and they just kept bringing him to court or what whatnot. But he um. Because of that, because uh, I mean, first of all, what's crazy about his his story is that one of the the local news stations were were doing um a, a story on him going to court with the FDA, and the people outside picketing were like the jury for the last time he was in court. Like they're like, well, we didn't know anything about him, but we after we heard the story, we were so passionate that we came out here and picketed for him, and um and they really had no way. Uh, of proving he did anything illegal. They just basically kept suing him and suing him, hoping he ran out of money. And luckily there were some people who lives were saved because of him that have been contributing and helped out or whatnot, because, because it's not FDA approved, you can only go to him if you're terminally ill. So in other words, if you have like zero other options and then you can legally use some experimental treatment. So yeah. he was only getting people that were like the worst of the worst. Like they're already at the end of the line, zero options and he saved many of those people's lives so uh you know if you're one of those people of course you're gonna be passionate you're gonna contribute any way you can but amazing amazing documentary which also got pulled off amazon prime same like vax the del big tree Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. documentary which he had a agreement with with amazon that it would never be pulled and it was going to be on there forever. And then it gets pulled. Uh, another great documentary. I think it, it was called The Big Secret. Uh, Dr. Susan, I forget what her last name is. Um, it was a great documentary about the history of medicine. That gets pulled. I remember when I had them on, um, I think it was right around the time that it got pulled. That's. I'll send you their contact information. And, yeah. Yeah. and anybody else that's been on the show that you guys ever want to have on, let me know. You know, we'll, I'll, oh. I'll send it out there. I'll help out any any way I can. Please. And um, yeah, well, all right. But uh, but yeah, they're, they they were awesome. They're they're video because it really got into the history of it. How how we got to where we are now in regards to like medicine only being chemical based, like the only thing we consider yeah. now medicine. You know, and I'm sure you guys know the history of it, but a lot of people don't know how that happened. Like that, you know, root extracts, uh, dietary, uh, using your. Uh, a dietary method to, to treat things and, and whatnot. Those were all acceptable methods for a long time mm-hmm. until, you know, obviously petroleum, which is used mm-hmm. in a lot of this and, and whatnot and Rockefellers. And, and I know James Corbett did a, a great little video called Rockefeller medicine uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, which was really good. Went into the, the history of this and also another one, another great uh, short documentary. So Tease, I always say his name wrong. I think it's Snyder. Snyder, yeah. Have you guys seen uh, Conspiracy Synergy? His his podcast. Uh, I've, I've dived a little bit into it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He he has. Uh, I think it's it's a fairly new episode where he goes into the whole rabbit hole and, and the whole history mm-hmm. of of medicine too. And he does some really good research. He's another nice. guy who's really interesting. If you guys ever want to have him on, super nice dude. I think you think, yeah. you, you might have been on a uh, yeah. Union we were on the Union with him a couple yeah. months or five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a quiet dude. So it's yeah. yeah, he he doesn't say too much, but he's he's awesome, super nice. 
uh, I, the, sh- the shirt I was wearing Monday at the Union of Dunwando is one of his shirts. It, nice. It's a COVID shirt. I don't know if you've seen like the, it has like this doctor and it says COVID 1984 or whatnot, but he was sending them out to people. He's like, if anybody wants one, he's like, let me know. I'll send them out for free, you know? And wow, he's cool. like, you know, he's like, I just want to support you guys. So uh, maybe I'll give him you, uh, your email and, and I'll have like, yeah. But, and, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's this whole suppression of like, the history of medicine is, is mm-hmm. super interesting because obviously there's something there they don't want you to know. And it's not always the case in regards to like there. Not every time something gets suppressed, it's because there's some juicy information they don't want you to know. But in many cases, I think from my history of looking things up, it seems like it's typically the case. Like it's typically the the case that, Hey, you know what? If they're suppressing this, if they're not, if they're taking this documentary off Amazon Prime, if they're not letting me read this article or hear this researcher, there might be a reason for it. Maybe they're getting too close to the truth. Well, it's not in their best interest to help people to be well. Pharmaceuticals don't heal people. It, it is. It's it's absolutely a business and it's a propagandized business. Um, and they benefit most when we're sick and when we're dying and when we're relying on them to extend our lives, though they won't have much quality to them. Um, and, you know, vitamin therapy, you know, treatment through exactly, you know, healing foods, things that are actually, you know, meant to be consumed by human beings, um, sunlight, exercise, all of those things. You notice that um, only real healers talk about those things. Um, everyone else, uh, you know, and, and I say this too, I always want to add the caveat. I feel like I need to, that, you know, there are some doctors out there, there are surgeons, there are great, you know, bone doctors, there are, you know, people have real injuries that they need help with, but in terms of the human body being well, that's incumbent upon each individual human to do their due diligence, to make sure that they're strong and able to function in their brain and in their body Um, And part of that is being aware of what it is that you're exposing yourself to and what you're putting inside of your body. And I realize that society isn't set up like with anything else to make that be easily accessible for us to figure out how to do. Um, And further and further, the more they shove us into apartment buildings and cities, it's less intuitive for us to grow our own food and to be, you know, out with our feet in the dirt and all of those things. Um, But, but that is the way. And, you know, I want to go back to what you said about how you put out something that, you know, you, you think, you know, like an hour, hour and a half in, you know, oh my gosh, I hope everyone tunes in for that part because it was so impactful, but, but really, and the part that keeps, I, I, I get, uh, I get discouraged a lot doing this, you know, not this sitting at the table with my best friends, but, you know, just being out there and being such a strong vocal advocate for, you know, freedom and, and anti-censorship and, and, you know, future for my kids and, and, you know, my neighbor's kids, you know, all of ours, um, is that, um, shoot. I start to get, I start to go down the wrong route. Oh, you're right there. I would, right oh, there. oh, about planting the seeds. Yeah. Um, because the day that we plant the seed is not the day we eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. And that is what continues to give me hope and continues to propel me, propel me forward. And I see that, you know, I might get discouraged, you know, week A, B, or C. And the next week I see that, you know, staying the course and, yeah. and, and keeping true to what is true and, and keeping true to my inner voice to keep speaking out on these things. You know, there's like this blessing that happens next week. Like, okay, if I, if I had stopped then when I was so discouraged, if I had let that person derail me all the way, I, this wouldn't have happened. And so I feel like doors are opening and, and pat and the path is clear. Sorry, sorry Scott's sorry. playing with a camera. So you were doing oh, this okay. for a minute. Um, but um, anyways, it, it does encourage me. 
taking the mouse. Okay, no, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so but but we keep planting we keep planting the seeds because the fruit will come, and those that are meant to partake of it will be there to receive it. So I feel a hundred percent confident and on saying that, and and I think that that's true. And seeing what all of us in this community do in terms of putting this information out, getting conversations started, um, you know, uniting with one another. You know, we're all doing different things in our community and our lives within our families yeah. on these platforms, and it's all for a purpose of light. It's all for bringing the truth in front of everyone's eyes who it's been hidden from and the truth won't be hidden. So in yeah. that I have confidence. And I, I mean, I think it, we're in a difficult time because it, everything is so polarized that it's hard for people to get out of their own echo chamber. But I mean, at the same time, I can look back and go, I wasn't awake to most of the things that I'm awake to today at one point. So the, the deal is though, I find is that people have to do their they have to discover a lot of this stuff themselves. So the best you can do is plant a seed and then they go find that documentary, right? And they go find it themselves, you know, and they go watch it and they, the, the light, the light bulb goes off for themselves while they're researching like that, that has, I think you, you can't just tell people like, Oh, you know, this is, this is how it is. I mean, for, for one, like, you know, you try to tell them like about like COVID and stuff like that. Well, you can't really tell them just about COVID without, you know, talking about event 201, but then you got to explain, you know, Bill Gates. Uh, you know, Bill Gates, you got to explain <laughs> yeah. agenda 21. Yeah, you got to yeah. tell them about the great reset. You got to tell them Klaus Schwab and, you know, the, the books he's written on, you know, the fourth industrial revolution yeah. And, yeah. and this and that, you know, world order. there's, there's so many pieces to this thing that we're just, to us, it's just second nature, you know? So, so people, they'll find their way in, but if you can kind of just give them a little something. So it's hard to not lose faith in humanity to some extent, because everything's so polarized, but at the same time, you know, plant the I think, seeds. I and think see. it's over, man. I think it's over. I think if you're not already here, then it's probably I, too I, late for you. I think, I think, I, I, I'll go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, man, like I'm at the point now where um, if, if you're not on this train already, and if you're not uh, at least, you know, curious or thinking or questioning even the slightest bit, it's probably too late. And when we have to not focus any more energy, like I've been saying this a lot lately, like maybe we shouldn't, I shouldn't put it like that because we're still going to do this. And we're still hope that maybe we can well, reach to, a few to more fight people. For the ones that are fighting so hard yeah. against us, yeah, like yeah. with that yeah. personal individual person, yeah. that's like headbutting us, headbutting yeah. us. And we're like, well, I'm, I'm trying to Don't. save you. Like you're jumping off a cliff. And like, if you want to let go of my hand, I, at some point I have to let go. But that's, but that's what's happening is that we're spending, we're being bogged down in this little thing. We're just been arguing for months and months about masks or no mask mask or no mask it's like dude i can't i can't have this discussion anymore like you're done i'm done with you you know we, we started this thing and, and i, I started i really watch, watch to... pandemic and go from there yes, that's what i yes, tell people i'm exactly. like listen if you just i'm like it's an hour and 24 minutes i've seen it like eight or nine times like i have people come over like you haven't seen pandemic indoctrination come over yeah. i'll cook you food which by the way come like, over and be honor. awakened at my house but yeah. It, uh, yeah it's but it's such it's such a big deal yeah so um but the the whole thing to go ahead I'm well, sorry, i, I, gonna gonna you I mean I, I was gonna go here for a minute just a minute here so yeah, i was go. gonna say basically just like you know so i'm at this point where we started this project with the interest of, you know, awakening and enlightening as many people like planting seeds. That's, that's our little, that's our little slogan on, on, on all our pages, like planting seeds of truth in the hearts and minds of those who seek it. Right. That's kind of the idea. But at this point it's, you know, uh, it's been, you know, an awakening for myself as well. And I think at this point we're trying to empower people. We're, we've been talking a lot on our show with people about solutions. Like what are, what is the solution to this? How do we get out of this? Is there a way out of this? Or and, through it and around it. And 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 we have been taking action. Like we've been taking some very serious, like immediate action, sure. you know, in our in our community. Like we've been going to you know, rallies, which it's it's it'd be I, I, I was red pilled on a rally, by the way. Yeah, she, I'm she still getting good. red pilled. She, she did she did awesome the other, the other but 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 anyway, the whole point of that too is like, you know, we um 
we started a freedom cell here in our community too. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the freedom cells movement, freedom cells.org, Derek bros and John Bush. It's like, um, you know, it's, I think he, was, whole, he was just interviewed on, uh, on Corbett too, I think. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know that him and Corbett have, have, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they did do a big thing. So anyway, so we start, we started our own, we got our own little telegram chat. We had our first meetup last weekend. We had about 30 people show up. Um, wow. Yeah. It was at, really at, powerful. At a, at, a, at a business, at a restaurant, like the only restaurant in our whole community that's staying open and saying, fuck you to the governor. <laughs> Um, so $8,500 a day, yeah, they're starting to, they yep. started to, te- they were giving yep. her $500 a day, but yep. when that didn't stop her, they upped it to $8,500. So a all day. you out there go along came Trudy's in Springfield. They'll yeah. support them, dude. But anyway, amazing. But anyway, so, so they opened- the problem with three hosts is yeah. we all have something to say right now. <laughs> well, I know I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just getting this out. And so I'm just like, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm done focusing energy on the people that are lost, you know, and I want to focus this energy on building this community of people that we found from all walks of life and it's just been the most empowering awesome thing ever and like all these people that showed up like all different um you know we had like you know hardcore patriots and very you know people that are just uh completely like uh no no more state the state solution like no we're government. not gonna use the state to fix the state like we're done um bitcoin enthusiasts just everything man it's been such an empowering thing and i really if anybody listening you know if this if, if you're if you're looking for solutions like maybe go to freedomcells.org and look for one in your community and try and get plugged in or, or start one. start one and that's what we did. And it's just been pretty awesome. Man. I think that's been the most for other than us putting information about out, but in terms of making concrete movements yeah. within, within our own lives, for our families, for yeah. each other, and for a group of people who are like-minded, um, that has been hugely beneficial. And I don't mm. think that we would be anywhere in terms of preparedness, or what we need to do, our goals for the future and our plans, if we didn't have, I'm mean, for me, at least if, if we didn't have that those freedom yeah. cells to connect with these like-minded people. But, and then leading up to this. So like I said, this is our first one, but we've been going up to the ones up in Portland. Like that's how we met Adam from Deborah gets red pill is he was a listener and he reached out to us and he basically said, Hey, you know, you guys want to check, you should check out the freedom cells thing. And we ended up, you know, and, and then eventually, you know, you've heard his story, how he started his, uh, you know, Debra gets red pilled, the epic, epic podcast, Debra gets red pilled. And then we started going up to their freedom cell meetups. That's up how we Portland. met Howard Lickman. And that's how we met Howard Lickman from uh, Thick Red Line, who, uh, you know, we're talking to getting on to. I know he was on Corbett not too long ago, too. But anyway, so that's what kind of what's been keeping us busy. Here, so. And and I just <laughs> to jump in since yeah. I'm taking <laughs> You're good. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I, I think that that's been one of the, the great things about what has happened is we have networked and, and it's been the union and it's mm-hmm. been all uh, the podcasts that we've, we've networked across the world, right? Mm-hmm. We've networked with like-minded people and, uh, and just, you know, run bounced ideas off each other. And, uh, you know, it, we're getting through this thing together. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I really feel like, you know, alone, no one can do this, but that we need, but at the same time, the, the power of being in a room of unmasked people that are, that are like-minded in your own communities cannot be understated enough. Like, and, and all people that are talking about, okay, who can grow food? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, who's good at canning? Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who's got firearm safety covered? You, you guys know, all having who's good at reloading, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like we're, we're looking at all these things very seriously. Teachers, that, you healers, know, psychologists. I mean, that, you know, Cause I, we, we don't know. We know, I, I think I have a pretty good idea where they want this thing to go. Mm-hmm. We don't know how far it's going to go. Or how but, quickly. Or how quickly. I think but, we know where it's going, but how quickly. That's the big the big what if, you know. But I, I did want to tell a story, though, just because uh, yeah. it was hilarious being in this meetup because, like, we started and we have some real patriots like there, like Scott said, and they want to start with the Pledge of Allegiance, right? 
So, which, so I, which I think is awesome. I missed that. I was, I was late. I, I'm yeah, always, late, I, you but. know, I'm, I'm probably not so much into that myself, um, especially given current events. I, you were you know, just like, eh, eh. Yeah, I but, wish I wasn't there. But anyway, so, so they have to go grab a, the American flag out of the oh, room yeah. that's locked. And oh, so, so she opens, <laughs> so she opens the door to the other, she sets the alarm off on this place. And this is all like 30 people, you know, unmasked in, you know, against the governor's orders in a in, restaurant in a that's already restaurant targeted with the blinds down and the alarms going off. <laughs> it was just, it was hilarious. It was like, we're part of like a movement, you know, from the past, like we're having this secret meeting, you it's know, total secret <laughs> society, dude. It was <laughs> peeking through the blinds when new people came yeah, was, just to make was, sure they were uh, there for the freedom. It was hilarious, but I mean, yeah. we, obviously they didn't come, but at the same time, I don't think Springfield police would have done anything. No, they're on the, they're on the, they're kind of on the level. Not to, not to get too much on that. Like Adam came on our show a couple weeks ago and like red pilled us on the whole cop thing. Like, yeah, well, that's what got me. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, uh, yeah. Going to the, going to the rally one yeah. and then talk. And then we were talking to Adam, which just kind of further solidified it. But yeah. So I'm still like reeling from like emotional trauma from my red pilling. But <laughs> yeah, when the, when the, when the oppression of the new world order comes, it's going to be in a police uniform. Like that's what it's, becoming it's more already more here. Yeah. It's already here, man. Yeah. It's, it's well, absolutely yeah. It, it's funny because in, in where I live with, well, in Massachusetts in general, they made it man, they mandated masks anywhere in public. And I, <laughs> them, I know it. I'm, do they need more evidence? That's not about science or the yeah. virus anymore. I mean, you, if you're by yourself, if you're hiking, you need a mask. I mean, it's ridiculous. When nine months ago, you didn't need one. And then a little bit after that, you needed one if you were within six feet of people. And now you need one if you're taking a shower. It's ridiculous. But so <laughs> the, the thing is, uh, the police, when, when they they were texting people. Everybody got a voicemail. Everybody got a text message. Everybody in the state of Massachusetts, hey, these are new guidelines, this, this and that. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pretty crazy. So I remember telling my wife, I'm like, there's no fucking way that people are going to be wearing them in public by themselves. And I overestimated the intelligence of a lot of people <laughs> in America because there was immediately, and I think a little bit was fear of getting in trouble, you know, because yeah. Yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't think, she's like, I, you know, but what if you get in trouble? I'm like, who the fuck's going to get you in trouble? You think the cops are for Biden? You think the cops yeah. are are for these lockdowns? I'm like, a lot of my cop buddies, uh, they're f- first responders. I mean, they're going to people who are sick. They're going to the hospital. They're talking to, you know, people who, who work on ambulances, people who are firefighters, whatever. So they all talk among themselves and they know this is, isn't as serious as they're telling us. And mm-hmm. unless, you know, you're going to a hospital, which most people weren't, you see that they're not as busy as they're telling you it is and, and right. not. so um it was it, it was a positive thing i think the fact that they made it a guideline they told everybody uh, a big percentage of people didn't do it um some did but a big percentage of people didn't do it and it was never enforced so little by little people stopped doing it and everybody it was kind of like you know in, in high school or, or whatever middle school when you see somebody doing something you're like oh they can get away with it let me do it you know it's like mm-hmm. you just need somebody who has the balls to do it and then once you see oh they're doing it they're not getting in trouble so let me do it and that's what we need to do that's it's a small little things like that but it was it was a i think a positive thing the fact that the police weren't enforcing it and like we always say, like it, it really, it's this illusion of power. It's a, this illusion of control. I mean, they can't arrest us all. And, but it, it's also not a, a us against like corporations are, cause I think a lot of people on the right, you know, it's like, this is the perfect, the perfect fight for them because it's like 
government's obviously the hu- uh, huge part of the issue, but people on the left, they should be on our team too, because they're anti big corporations. And you know, who else is, you know, colluding with government to, to push this it's big pharma it's corporations yeah. so where the fuck are people from the left who are no. supposed to be my body my choice right all those no. women like where where are those my body my choice like well fuck now we're talking about my kids like nothing is more personal than when you're talking about kids mm-hmm. you know so it's like how about you know that dc bill you know which i'm sure you guys have talked about oh yeah yeah which oh, is yes. crazy i mean it, it's just it's insanity this issue i feel like and i know that you guys talked to grime america uh you guys did a swap cast you know I, i've i've uh, known them for a little bit and and had many conversations with them i know that sometimes i get covid fatigue you know and yeah, a lot of people do true. And and I know that there's also some resistance in regards to Trump isn't the savior. I get it. He's not. And and I know that there's a lot of internal like debate between like, okay, is he really outsider? Is he not an outsider? I think there's enough evidence to prove that he's more of an outsider than any president we've ever had ever. And I also think that when you look at his, his battle with big pharma, when that's an issue that you guys and, and myself are very passionate about. I think he handled it better than we could probably ask any president and, you know, to, to handle it in regards to actually pushing back a little bit with the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. I don't think any, any president would ever publicly say, Hey, you know what you guys want to say? It's so dangerous. I'm on it. How about that? Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. you know, and, and, or, or the fact that, you know, just any of the pushback, the fact that during a debate, and I think it's with, uh, who the hell was it? It was one of the doctors, uh, Dr. Carlson, Carlson, Carson, Dr. Carson, yeah, Carson. Dr. Carson, who ran Dr. for president. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah, there was. Yeah. And, uh, there's a debate where they try to make Trump look bad and they're like, Hey, uh, doctor, uh, Trump thinks that vaccines could cause, you know, harmful effects or however they worded it to make him look like a, a lunatic. And, uh, and, and Trump, like he usually does, cause he, he's very uh, confident in what, in what he's going to say. And in his uh, point of views, he's like, Oh, he's like, absolutely. I think we're, we're giving people too much. I just think that there's something there. I think that, you know, they're, they're dangerous or whatnot. And, uh, and, the doctor actually agreed with them in regards. He's like, well, I do think that maybe we're, we're, we're uh, giving kids at too young of an age too many. And just the fact that even something as simple and something as, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It didn't really cause anything, but the fact that it showed, it was a little hint of like, okay, this guy's willing to have public discussions that nobody in politics would ever have. Like he's willing to, to say something that there's no way any person running for president would ever even touch the topic of vaccines and for him to even you know bring it up in a debate uh, and 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 still stick to his guns when he could have done the easy political thing of like just denied well that was misunderstood or that's not really what i meant or whatever he stuck to his guns so i think that there has been some evidence of and you know the way he talked about the tpp and all that stuff he is the first president in forever, not to say that he ended any wars, but he's the first one to not start a war, uh, yeah. you know, as president, which is the f- uh, first time that's happened in a long time. So I think there's some evidence of it. He's not the savior. Is there flaws? Absolutely. I mean, if Whitney Webb was here, she'd be going down yeah. the you know oh, yeah. whole list of, of uh, things. I just think that he's in, in regards to specifically just big farm. And I know that the whole warp speed thing, you know, I get it, you know, that that is uh, obviously an issue that a lot of people are a little torn in between. But it, I can't deny that when I went to the rally for our rights uh, 
thing that uh, Brian Fessa put together, uh, mm-hmm. that whole uh, protest down in Connecticut. When I went down there, I'm there because I'm for vaccine choice and vaccine information. And it just happens that the same people who are holding the vaccine signs are the same people holding Trump signs and 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 Absolutely. don't tread on me signs. So the way I look at it is like, okay, we can disagree maybe on Trump. We can disagree on, on a bunch of different things, but we're fighting for the same thing. We're on the same fucking team. So uh, you guys are friends of mine, you know? So, you know, I, I don't, I have no shame in saying that like, yeah, I, mean, I might not be a Trump supporter, but I support Trump supporters because they support me on a lot of the same issues. So, um, and, and there is this, this issue with nationalism, you know, like you see the American flag, a lot of people are waving it. I, I was one of those people I, I and, and I still kind of am, I'm not a big fan of, you know, do, doing the whole pledge of allegiance. Cause I'm not <laughs> pledging allegiance to anybody. I want to think for myself. Yeah. I want, I want, I want to be open to disagree with things and, and whatnot, but I do, I'm trying to catch myself from saying whatnot because I just read a uh, a comment about I love Ricky, but he has to stop saying whatnot. But <laughs> uh, mine is dude. Mine is dude. Apparently, I say dude all the time. That's fine. Yeah. I, that's like one of our biggest mistakes is like reading comments. But no every, doubt. Yeah, every <laughs> yeah. once in a while, you're like, you know what? Let me just see what people are saying. And uh, yeah. you know, for the most part, people are very kind. So I can't. I can't. Yeah. And and well, for the most part, for listeners, guess what, guys, you, listening, we know we say this shit too often. Like you, yes, we're not, totally, the reason totally. why people like Megan and myself have have anxiety is because we're going <laughs> yeah. through our head, saying like, "Don't say what not today. Don't say what." Not yeah, today. yeah, it's exactly. True. It's exactly. so true. So I just got a, I just got a comment, and uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I think we've all been on the same side on most of these issues, and I think for that reason, like, I mean, there was no no doubt where we were on the side of the presidency going forward. Like there is no doubt, but at the same time, I, I do question and, and I don't have this answer, but uh, it, it almost looks like this huge psyop. I mean, you look at what just happened on the sixth here that like they've funneled everyone who is a Trump supporter into this box. Right. And now this, the boot is coming down of censorship on, on anyone who had any relation to Trump, right? Like we're all queuing on now, right? And you've seen, we've been seeing this play out over like the the whole year. It kind of made the argument that everybody's been saying the whole time that Trump is not the elite. He's not a part of the establishment, which he obviously wasn't because he wasn't a politician before he ran for president. He has history of politics besides paying him off. uh, So he knows how dirty it is. So, but, and then the way this all ended or is ending, I think is very interesting because I, I feel like if I was one of those people trying to convince people that like, no, he isn't these guys. He's not just a typical Republican, Democrat, whatnot. Um, I said it again, whatnot. I got to stop. But he, he <laughs> the fact that Fox News, the Republican Party, nobody has his back. Everybody turned on him. What does that tell you? That he was never really in the club. You know, yeah. even when they, yeah. they pick, I, I try to remind people, when Unless he he's ran, just a pawn. When he ran for president, the Republicans didn't want him to be the choice. They right. basically are just like, listen, we can't fight this anymore. Apparently, he has way more backing than any of us. So we're going to back him for our future. And and that's that's kind of what happened. People, the party didn't want him. The only reason they were okay with backing him after he became president or when it was obvious that he was going to be the choice was the fact that they knew that he had the popularity, that people liked him. He, he had much more popularity than anybody else that would have ran for the Republican Party. So for their career, they're like, hey, now let me endorse him because it can get me a job. He can help me out after he has that power. And the second that power is gone, the second it's obvious that he doesn't have anything else to give you, 
that for your career, they're like, fuck you. And Fox News turned mm-hmm. on them. You know, all the Republicans yeah. turned on them. I mean, this is an impeachment thing. I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. The Bro. fact that this guy is going to be out of office in no time, like he's at the, what, a week or whatever he has in office, and you're going to impeach him. The reason you're impeaching him is because you don't want him to run again. And you're afraid that he might actually run again, and this would... Uh, prevent him from from actually running again if he got impeached so uh i mean and and the thing is this riot thing this protesting is so so fucking frustrating because totally the same fucking people that are acting like the storming of you know the building is the worst thing that's ever happened in america were the same people the new pearl harbor yeah, which don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not endorsing either one. I I just think people should be right down the middle, be consistent. It's the same people who are are making a big deal about this were the same people saying like it was completely okay to burn down buildings and burn down businesses and do all this shit. Well, guess what? If if we go into the fucking, you know, uh, a building that taxpayers pay for and it's our money that built that shit and there's a, our employ people who work for us are in there, that makes much more sense to 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 kind of bash that place than it does to burn down a fucking business that's yeah. barely staying open during a lockdown that yep. has put ridiculous restrictions and and really prevented you from making any profit so it, it's insane that people don't see how how hypocritical it is that that they're doing this that people the same people are bashing these protests to me i'm for all protests as long as they're peaceful you don't hurt anybody the ones in hartford were pretty damn peaceful the only confrontation i saw was actually when some black lives matter protesters were there and uh and and they got at it with somebody else apparently she spit on them or whatever but for the most part it was pretty peaceful if one out of a thousand people are shitheads and you get that many thousands and thousands and, you know, possibly millions of people in DC, really? you're yeah. going to have yeah. some shitheads. And there's, there's a group thing. There's uh, you know, that's like a whole psychology that goes into being in a crowd and being so caught up in the energy of the crowd that if one person does something just out of, just out of reaction, you might just go ahead and do it because of the energy of the crowd, not because, and, and of course there's agent provocateurs. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, of certainly yeah. that's what I was going to say is too, is like they, they, they had the script written already. Like, you know, all the news agencies, all the politicians already had their script. Oh, this is the worst thing to happen since Pearl Harbor. Oh my God. This is this generation's nine 11. They had that script written already. And then they had the agent provocateurs in there to try and kick it off, anticipating that, you know, all the Patriots would, jump in line and just tear the whole place apart and start, you know, dragging politicians out into the streets. Right. But a that building didn't happen. That they own, by that the didn't way. happen. They got like a small, very teeny tiny percentage. Like most of them, from what I hear, they were, they were actually like fighting back and like, like the people that work on it, they're like, Hey bro, chill the fuck out. Or like Antifa, Antifa, get out of here. You know what Jones I mean? Was, like, Alex yeah. Jones was apparently like yeah. standing on stuff, telling people yeah. don't go in the building. I mean, yeah. he probably knew how they were going to spin, yeah. you know, yep. and tell pro is real. I mean, these things, like it's yep. not out of the realm Great of possibility that if that if and first of all they've been planning this forever. So if you're on the left or you're a Democrat or you're, you know the Democratic Party and you want to strategize how do we make the president look bad or how do we justify a impeachment? I mean this is the same party that spend tons of taxpayers' money looking for some link between Russia and the fact that they oh, yeah. influenced our our. Um, <laughs> our election and came up with nothing and still you know and tyt oh my god don't even fucking get me started about tyt i mean the young turks when uh, they, 
first, when Jank first started the Young Turks, I'm like, oh, this guy's passionate. I don't agree with him politically on everything. You know, I had Dave Rubin on my show when he was uh, still on the Young Turks. I had uh, Jimmy Dore, I believe, when he was still on the Young Turks back in the day. And um, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's people I like on there. I mean, at the time, Dave Rubin wasn't very political anyways. He kind of just uh, covered the the news and whatnot. But, uh, but to see to the extreme that they've gotten in regards to being just basically the mainstream media. Uh, they're, they're, I'm on their email list. So I, and I stay on there because I would like to see how, how often, how, how many times a day they ask for money. They're constantly asking for fucking money. And it, it's, it's crazy that the way they turn on Jimmy Dore, it's crazy how, he, 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 they're just shills. Like it just, and it, they were pushing the Russia gate thing the whole time there. And this is supposed to be a alternative media. I mean, this is, it's, it's ridiculous. And these people, uh, and that's the thing, like every movement, you have to be wary. I know even people in the libertarian movement are like, you know, it's become political. It's become too political. It's not about the ideology and whatnot. And even ideology can be poison, right? I mean, uh, Daniele Benelli, when he was last on my show, I don't know if you guys heard it, but he, he talked about how basically like, anything that's an ideology ideologies in just in general are a mental disorder it's an issue it's not you know because it means you're buying into something and you're not critically thinking you know so uh that's why i try to stay open and i try to say and I, and that's something i wanted to ask you guys probably an hour and a half ago until we went completely off the rails uh but we you know i i, I was going to ask you guys this whole journey we say this the whole you know all the time doing podcasts it's a journey it's a journey Personally, I truly feel like it is because as I explore new topics, as I have guests on even that are knowledgeable in topics I already are, are informed about, but I'm exploring them deeper and asking questions and bouncing ideas off one another. I'm constantly growing. I'm, I'm learning and I'm open to, do you guys, have you guys felt that? Cause your journey has been like pretty damn quick. I mean, I know the first couple of years of my show, like the, the growth was real slow. You guys like uh, it seems like just the other day, I feel like I was talking to Scott about like how to start a podcast, and now totally. you guys are <laughs> totally, man. everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's take turns on this one, right? So, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, are you guys looking at me? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll go first, man. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, we've just we've met some of the most incredible people yep. and made some amazing connections, and I have learned so much. And and it's like you said, Ricky. Like before, I get someone on, I want to do a little research. Whether there's some podcasts or some documentaries, or, or read some of their articles or books or whatever, whatever it is. It's like I'm constantly learning and questioning, like everything I know all the time, right? Like, and there's there's a lot out there. There's maybe areas where I know a little bit more, but I've certainly learned a lot in so many different areas. Like, like, you know, I would say like when I, when I got here, I really knew a bit about vaccines and, and, and the dangers of those, but I didn't know how bad our food was poisoned, how, yeah. how bad our, our water is, what all the stuff they're spraying in the air, you know, and I've learned a lot about that. You know, it's just, I feel like I've got this more complete picture of, of what they're doing to society as a whole, you know, and the, the, the lies that I've seen in one area kind of apply to all the different areas, right? You know, anywhere where there's industry and and they can cut corners and get away with it and, you know, get the, the regulators on the side and pay them off and have that revolving door going. It's the same, it's the same trick played, you know, everywhere. Right. And, uh, so, so that's, that's kind of been my story. I do want to say though, I want to jump back into one thing just, uh, about the whole, what happened on the sixth, you know, and just, and, and maybe this is part of me growing and just oh. questioning. Yeah. This is, is, is that 
I look at what happened and I look at what happened with Trump because I have been gone back and forth with Trump like this this whole time, right? Like I, I have to admit, like there's there's been times where I'm like, dude, he is saying all the right things and I am with him. And like there's like kind of not and there's other times I'm like, well, why is he joining with these vaccine companies, you know, or the big pharma? Why is he backing them and stuff? But and a lot of the people I respect so much, though, have really pointed out, like, I mean, there is the Whitney Webbs and there's <laughs> yeah. the Derek Bros and there's the Charlie Robinsons and there's the James Corbett's yeah. and uh, and just so many. I could go off, you know, the, um, and I look at like what happened. And I'm like, look at where we're at right now and where we started and are we better? Right. And just just like overall, I just feel like I feel like we got rounded up. I yeah. feel like we got rounded up and put in a trap and here you go. And now the, the boot is just coming down harder than it ever has. And so mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm certainly, I'm certainly going to keep questioning that thing. You know I mean? And that's, that's, that's the growth of this whole thing is you question it all. They don't be stuck to, to any one way of, I could be wrong. And I'm, I'm not stuck that I'm right on this thing, but um, I certainly right now, the pendulum has swung to the other side. I'm like, well, we're kind of, Right now, it's not looking very good for anyone who questions the narrative right now, right? Yeah. And if you question the narrative, you've been rounded up into this. You've been called QAnon and you and the name Trump. I said in one of our prediction episodes a, a couple of times ago, like, I think the name Trump is not going going away with, with uh, you know, Biden becoming president. I think they're going to still be calling people Trumpers for a good six months after this thing, Trump right? or something. Yeah, I, think I, I don't think it was ever about Trump. I think what we're seeing is just people who are disgusted with liberty. And I don't even think they understand why. Um, for me, it was never really about the man so much as it was about the man not being, for all evidence that I had at that time, being bought and owned by the deep state. That was it for me. Um, to me, that that was very clear. And I feel that at times, I think what we're watching is theater at times. I feel like, you know, again, like Ed says, like with the whole him, you know, partnering up to push this vaccine so quickly. But I also said, um, I mean, my critical thinking is as the sitting president of the United States of America, when we've we're watching the world fall to a new world order under the, you know, this false flag of there being this, you know, global pandemic that we need to, you know, vaccinate everybody for. Um, I don't see how he could have stood up, especially as much as big tech controls the narrative, as uh, big pharma controls the narrative, and actually said, well, this is bullshit. Um, Americans, we're not, you know, Moderna, you know, Pfizer, we're not working on vaccines. I don't see how he could have done that. I, I really don't That's an important see. Point, because sometimes I try to remind myself, I'm like, we're, we don't live in a dictatorship where he can just bypass all of their sure. authority and then you just basically enforce his personal views. So we have to take that in consideration. That's kind of what I thought. And, and I feel like, um, you know, the whole thing about them switching the narrative up, like, you know, like the woman that was killed, you know, in DC, but six hours later, we have Congress going back to work through an active crime scene. And we, we, we worked it all out. Did we, because I've watched CSI Miami and I've also done a little bit of research outside that TV show. And I know there's not that many CSI labs in the nation, much less ones that come back with results in time for Congress to go back to work the same day. Um, the same thing with wanting people to be masked up, you know, out of doors or, you know, it's like you mentioned, you know, first it was just adults needed masks and then we needed to mask our kids and then only within six feet of each other. And now, you know, even if we're outdoors on hiking trails, because it's a direct threat to them overthrowing us. It's like you say, the mob mentality goes both ways for good and evil. So you might have a mob that's burning buildings down that's going to incite other people who are very low vibrational to do likewise. But if you have people who are not 
in DC. I mean, anyone I know that went to DC weren't there because of Trump. They were there because yep. of Liberty. Yep. They were there because of freedom. They were there because this, we're, we're watching an obvious overthrow of our election. I mean, I feel like on the world stage, everyone's just watching us collapse. And I feel like we're the only nation with our head in the sand going, Oh, I, I guess it must've not been the voting machines, you know, like <laughs> it's just ridiculous, but because it's a direct, even one of us, even one of us taking our mask off and walking down the street is a threat to the narrative because it's like you say, it lets other people think, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it. They do not and cannot have that. If people, you know, people standing up for, for liberty for them, they have to spin that and make it be that people who want freedom, who want sovereignty are the evil, bad, dangerous ones, because it is for them very dangerous for people to stand for that, which is a human right, a civil right, a human being's right to exist and to live and to breathe. And as Americans to pursue, you know, our existence in the way that we seem most fitting to ourselves and our families, that's a threat to the deep state. And Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala, anybody else that's ever gonna come and sit in the White House, they are not the ultimate ones in control. And though for many years, I was brainwashed to think that the presidency was in three parts and Congress and president and, you know, Supreme Court and all that. But I, I know better now that they are uh, they are the frontline puppets of the deep state agenda. Yes. Mm -hmm. And though Donald Trump might be, um, you know, puppets. might be, I, I think he sees the evil. I don't think that he's asleep to it. And I also think he's one man. He's one dude on the world who happened to get this job. Um, I think that he's... Uh, perhaps done the best he could with, with the monsters he had to fight. And that's not to say that, you know, he's, you know, a pure person he, through and through, but let's be fair. Neither am I, neither am I. And so, um, when it came down to it for voting for Trump, both times to me, it was a very, very clear choice. And it wasn't because of the man. It was because of the ideal that he did or did not stand on. And the hope that I had when I'm looking at all options in front of me now, I mean, going forward, I don't know if I'll vote, you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's a lot of things that have happened. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of the tangents I can go off on that, but, but just speaking very directly to that point, um, I feel that he couldn't have simply stood up in the way like, you know, I was, we were all ranting. We would come in here after hearing one thing and we'd be, you know, get ready to record. And I'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, how can yeah. he say that? Did you guys hear that <laughs> well, shit today? I mean, well, did you guys like, watch it? Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, but then I would have to go, but you know what, what are the chances? I mean, we saw what they did to, to John F. Kennedy. We've seen how they try to take out, uh, you know, Reagan. What are the chances that he just go, you know what, this whole thing is a bunch of garbage. Everyone's just going to pull their masks off and, you know, you Democratic governors, we're going to just, and, and first and second of all, the, the federal government doesn't have the power to come within the states just of their own accord and take over. That's not the way that our government is set up. Um, so I feel like that there was a lot of um, things at play, but I, I do feel to me, it is obvious that this is an overthrow of our United States constitution. Oh, yeah. This is an overthrow of Donald Trump, exactly. Them trying to impeach him, them silencing him off of every platform just days before. Everybody. I mean, Biden's right. They've already taken it. He's in. What are they fucking worried about? They're worried because they know that there are, there truly are more of us who would stand for liberty. There truly are more of us that want freedom and freedom for our families and our children than that don't. And a few of us taking our masks off, a few of us marching in on DC, a few of us up, like, you know, how we were up in Salem at our Capitol and standing up for it is very, very threatening to them. And I think that's why we're seeing, um, and this is where I kind of got red pilled on the police where we're literally watching police. I'll just speak to our home state, you know, allowing, you know, domestic terrorists to completely 
pervert and destroy people's lives, their buildings, their peace of mind, trauma bonding. I thought we were the domestic. No, we're absolutely not. Oh shit. Okay. My bad. But you know, those, I mean, we, there's the nicest people, you know, a lady that I know, nicest gal in the world, you know, on the six is up at the Capitol building and she's getting shot at. By our Capitol Police standing there. I mean, I'm watching our Capitol Police with batons hitting people standing with flags from behind, knocking them downstairs, beating them on the ground, jumping over walls and grabbing people, people who are literally standing there peacefully protesting, not trying to burn down and barricade police into police stations and burn them down, not burning down businesses they like to rebuild the smart towers, any of that (laughs) stuff, right? Um, So to me, it's just so obvious. And Hate is a very, very thick, low dense energy and it is very, very hard to overcome. And the truth is not everybody is meant to be awakened. Not everybody's going to have discernment. Not everyone's going to be saved from what's happening to all of us. Um, and so like, you know, Scott was saying, you know, sometimes you just have to be like done with certain people. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's not about I'm picking one person or another person. What I'm doing is I'm fighting for a future that has relevance for my children for a life that they can thrive in and not be enslaved for a future that I can feel safe to leave my home and go on a hiking trail without fear of persecution, because I'm not falling in line with the new world order, because that's not going to happen. So that, that is people standing on righteousness, people who want truth, um, that always wins and maybe doesn't win right at first. But righteousness always shines through. And even if you look at historically how, you know, people have been oppressed in certain situations, you know, governments have oppressed us. But when you look at the rising of what's true, when you look at redemption, it is so much more powerful than the destruction because it has to come again. It has to rise again to the surface. And they're just hoping that that doesn't happen um, anytime in the beginning stages of this of this rollout. And, mm-hmm. and they really have made it. To, and I say this all the time, the liberties we've lost till now, those are gone. Those are gone now. You know, we had someone at the Freedom Cell meeting you know, really staunchly advocating um, that, you know, we legislate and we, and we, you know, maybe we elect, you know, local officials, which I think is a good idea. You know, local officials that can be on board with us and local police powers that will be, you know, not, not you know, sheriff. enforce, you know, sheriff that mm-hmm. will not enforce, um, you know, COVID mandates. And I'm like, you know, this, is, this isn't about, I mean, COVID's the false flag was the excuse to do this to us, but that we took it to this point that we've allowed it to this point. And I say this over and over again, but I really feel as a nation where we lost so much leverage was when we allowed them to make us mask our own children. Because, you know, and I, and I said that before they did, I said, watch the next thing is gonna be the kids, it's gonna be the kids because if they can get people to psychologically damage their children on the state's behalf, hmm. they've won. And they so. even did that in- uh, Oh, I in lost guys for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah here we come. Gotta back up. I knew that there was gonna happen, go. damn it. There we go. <laughs> they they even did that in steps. So I, at least I don't I don't know how they did it uh, out there, but in Oregon they it was something like what was it like twelve and under or didn't have to wear masks. Twelve and, then, and under, and, yeah. And so then I they got switched it out, down to five. So I got slung out yeah. of a store right at the beginning of that because okay, so I'm not gonna lie, my daughter was twelve at that time, and I was like, okay, well we're we're not gonna we're not masking you. I mean, it was at the beginning of them masking children. I had to go into a sporting goods store, and to that point, right. I had not been wearing masks. Um, but I, I went ahead and put my mask on because I thought, you know what? All right. All right. I just, I can't get thrown out of everywhere that I go (laughs) and I don't have the emotional energy to have these. And, and at the, at the beginning of the lockdown, I was way more fired up 
than I am now, like, you know, screaming matches and like people grabbing walkie talkies and calling people like it was yeah. pretty horrible. True. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fight that. I'm going to wear my mask and I'm going to take my kid into this store so that they can see that at least this family's trying, like, you know what I mean? Like the absolute, like critical thinking and discernment is just completely out the window. You know, like they said, put on a mask and stand six feet apart. And now I've got drive through windows telling me that I need to, with their parts, with every, we're masked and we've got the plexiglass. And now around town, we've got the signs that say you have to be masked in your car to come to the drive through window. I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not doing it. I'll set, I'll turn off my car and sit I'll here. I'll be here all leave. day. Exactly. I'll be I here all wait. fucking day long. And you keep my food in front of me so you don't yep. spit on it. Yep. I'm not leaving. I, I, I'm not putting on a back. mask in my own vehicle. No, we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to dedicate a day we and just, go to the drive-thru. And if they won't serve you, be like, fine, I'll premium just sit here. content. I'll just sit here. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then what's going to happen is the tow truck will show up. Like the police will show up. The tow truck will show up. I'm not leaving. Just give me my damn food. And then and then we'll just have to go through the whole deal, right? Well, that'll be a bonus episode right there. There we go. What fast food? Food, can you get anything worth eating at? Well, I'm just none, saying, none, it's, it's not about true, the but, food. No, we'll but, throw the food away when we're done. But yeah. they did tell me, she came up to me and she said, she said, uh, ma'am, you have to have her masked. And my daughter also, my my uh, daughter who was 12 at the time, she's a petite girl also. She doesn't look like I looked at 12 years old, you know? So she doesn't even look like she's maybe, you know, some teenagers look older. That wasn't the case, but she came up to me. It was like day three of the kid mask thing. And she's like, oh, and just, you know, the fear in her eyes, she's behind her mask, I'm behind my mask. And she's like, ma'am, she can't be in here without a mask. And I'm like, she's a minor. She's not subject to the mask mandate. You know, I'm not going to tell them she's 12 and she's right off that cusp. It's none of their business anyways. I'm her parent. I'm her parent. And by the way, this is a store I was in probably every single week for the last four years. So that's fine. But anyways, but um, they, they, she said, oh, I'm just going to have to get the manager. And they, you know, they're just looking all around. They were just so afraid. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, fascist. I'm out. Yeah, you know, it was fascist. just, it was, it was pretty ugly. Yeah, I'm yeah. not always proud of my behavior, but like later I also feel empowered by my own behavior. Like, it's so obnoxious that I'm being refused service because like I, I've got a healthy kid standing next to me. Like we could go down these rabbit holes all day, but at the end of the day, it's obvious that this is a, this is a sham. Yeah, it's a total sham through and through. And for us, you know, and I feel like a lot of time we were saying like, well, I'm not saying COVID isn't real or I'm not saying this or the virus hasn't isolated. It has, I don't give a crap. <laughs> If it's been isolated, if it exists, if there's a test for it or not, I am an American citizen. I am a free American woman, sort of, so far still. And I say that I would rather be exposed to illness, that I would rather take my chances with my immune system, and that I choose to make that decision for my children yeah, as well. And if you're afraid... Point you stay home. That's if it. you want your groceries delivered, you let that happen. If you think it's not safe to go swim at the ocean or go to the river, then stay in your fucking house because that's not what me and mine are going to choose to do. You don't quarantine and isolate healthy people and you don't test healthy people for the presence of illness that doesn't present itself in any symptoms. It's counterintuitive to medicine. It's counterintuitive to science. And how many times, how many times in my children's early years did I think that they might've had strep throat or ear infected back before I even understood that we were allowed to just heal at home and like sickness has happened. I was like totally sold yeah, well, on the, phar the pharmacy fixing it. Yeah. Right. What happened to that girl? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought I'm with sorry. that. But that's well, I was going to say, dude, like, that's a great point. Like, I would rather get COVID once a month and just be out of the <laughs> game for two weeks than yeah. deal with all this bullshit. Like, yeah. I would gladly take COVID any day of the week over this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, all I know I was going to say is how often have I asked my doctors over the years that I want to test for this? 
I, I want to run a test for that. Before we give an antibiotic, want to run a test. For that. Oh, that's an un, it's an unnecessary test. Uh, Your insurance company's not going to pay for that. That's an unnecessary test. You don't have any symptoms of that. It's an unnecessary test. So we don't need point. an x-ray for that because you're not presenting with A, B, and C. So it's unnecessary. You know what? The PCR test is unnecessary. Furthermore, it's not even a test. It's not even a test. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that whole thing where people, like, I, I have people I know where they're like, I bet I've, I get tested once a week because I have, oh, you know, older God. relatives and I'm like, please don't talk to me anymore. Please unfriend me on Facebook block. and me. Like, I can't, yeah, like I just, we have, yeah, block. block uh, you party. know, I, I want to have compassion and like uh, for a while, probably for about the first two months when people were saying like, well, I do this because other people are afraid. I wear my mask because other people, I'm not afraid, but other people are afraid. All right, all right. I'm going to give that to you for six weeks. I'm going to give that to you for six weeks and not for the rest of my life. You have stopped all relevant life for all human beings, not in this just in this country, but around the globe. And America sets the tone. We have a responsibility, I feel, to show other nations what freedom is and to continue to stand on that sovereignty because that is why we're a beautiful country. Those are the ideals that we're supposed to fight for. So I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of my love-hate relationship with nationalism because I, I yeah. understand the the danger of it. You know, you're you're pledging allegiance to to a flag that like what exactly does it represent? What, you know, can can they use my emotional attachment to this? this idea of America to, to send me into a war in Iraq after yeah. September 11th or whatnot. Yep. But, and usually, you know, I am very anti-nationalism to some extent, but during this whole lockdown and during, you know, all the recent protests and, and whatnot, some of that nationalism, it's what made people want to go out and, and fight. Because it was like, oh, no, no, America stands for this. You know, America is this. We're supposed to have freedoms. We're supposed to have rights. We have a constitution. So you can see some positive aspects to it where, uh, you know, right now that that attachment to the flag, that attachment to what that flag stands for, it, it's what is making people upset because it's like, wait, this isn't America. We're, we aren't supposed to live like this. We aren't supposed to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I it is a, a internal dilemma, but like, Back in the day, I used to look at "Don't Tread on Me" flags and be like, "Oh, what a douche!" You know what? Me too, you know? totally. And now, and I was wearing one around my shoulder at the last rally. By the way, there's this great picture of me face to face with the with yeah. yeah with all of the riot police, and I just have this "Don't Tread on Me" flag. So, but please continue. That yeah. I felt well, I the same gonna, way. Yeah, no, I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, I kind of I kind of get what it stands for and why you're waving it proudly, and 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 I can understand that. So, and, and during the the lockdown, I had a lot of people contact me from overseas uh listeners from the uk and other parts of europe and when things were happening there one of the things they kept saying was it won't happen in america you guys have this yeah. like revolutionary type of spirit that's still deep rooted in the history of the country and whatnot i'm like yeah maybe we'll see you know i'd like to think so but i'll i'll i mean i'll admit there's a lot of people that i thought were gonna be much less scared of this virus or much less likely to to fall for the propaganda and, mm -hmm. and be so afraid that they're just listening to everything that the TV tells them to do. Um, it's so many people I lost respect for because I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, you're supposed to be this hard ass, like, dude. And now you're mm -hmm. like, you're wearing a mask everywhere. You're, 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 you know, if they tell you don't get uh, together with your family members during the holidays, you don't do it. I mean, just yeah. literally you are not thinking for yourself. And, they're just uh, another thing Megan said that I think is so important. Getting sick is completely okay. And in 
it sounds silly, but getting sick is actually healthy because it is yeah. good for your immune system. Yeah, it's good for your immune system. I always say on the podcast, you have to look at it almost like your muscles. Like if you overwork it out, can it be dangerous? Absolutely. But if you underwork it out, what happens? It gets weak and it's yeah. safe with your immune system. During the whole lockdown, I always try to practice what I preach. And during the whole lockdown, mm-hmm. I had people over my house every weekend. People came over and yeah. they, they they loved it because like most of these people, they had no they didn't know anybody else who were who were letting people in their house and and being able to be in like a social uh, atmosphere. And uh, so we had like a, a whole like lockdown crew, like the we had the regulars that would come every weekend, and it kept the group kept growing because people were like, yeah, you know what, I uh, you're if they're if you're hanging out with people every weekend and nothing's happening to these people, then maybe we're we shouldn't be afraid. And like and yeah. people know how much I love my kids. Uh, like I kept telling people, I'm like, do you think I'd put my kids in in danger yeah. if I ch- honestly wasn't a hundred percent sure that they weren't in mm-hmm. danger? I'm like, yes. really? I'm letting great point. I'm, I'm letting my friends come to my house. Hang, I don't ask them where the fuck they've been. I don't ask them yeah. if they have symptoms. I don't check their temperature. You know, I don't do anything. I just let them come and hang out. Like we've always had, like just, the, you know, and, and we would hang out. And guess what? Thank you for bringing over germs because so many kids were being sanitized to death and they were not exposed to anything. And the second they get hit with a, with a virus that has any strength whatsoever, it's going to hit them hard. Just like many of us who go long periods of time without getting sick. And what happens when you do eventually get sick, it hits you hard because your immune system hasn't been worked out. It's natural. Dr. Um, uh, Thomas Cowan, who I had on a while ago. Yeah. But he, I had him on, but it was before a lot of people knew who he was because now he's really, uh, you know, picked up some, some attention from his, his, uh, perspectives, uh, during the lockdown or whatnot. But he, he would say such interesting things. And the reason, one of the reasons why I became a fan of his and wanted to have him on my podcast was because so many things we were looking at, at the wrong, in the wrong way, that I, I really didn't even think about until somebody like him said it. And, but even something like a fever, for example, and this is something that kind of stuck with me that I, that I remembered. He talked about like your, your first immediate reaction is like, this person has a fever. We got to get it down. Well, do you, or is your body intelligent enough where what it's actually trying to do is sweat something out. It's trying to kill a virus. Maybe it's getting to a certain temperature. So it's all these things like your body's smart. I mean, we've survived this many years, uh, you know, thousands of years because it obviously knows how to survive. It knows how to fight viruses. It knows how to uh, stay breathing and reproduce. So a lot of times we, I mean, when, when you get a scab, you don't like think like, oh shit, like my body's doing something weird. Let me get rid of this. The, the, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's healing itself. So yeah. it's a very similar type of, you know, idea where it's like a lot of times your reaction to something isn't some, the reaction is its way of dealing with the, the, the virus or the issue that it's dealing with. When you have a stomach bug or, or specifically when you have food poisoning, you're throwing up, you're, you're going to the bathroom. Why? Because your body knows there's something not good in it and it's trying to get rid of it. So when you go to a doctor, all the doctor is going to do is take care of the symptoms. It's going to figure out, okay, how do I constipate you or how do I, you know, whatever, but it doesn't think like, okay, this is actually natural. It's a good thing because your body's trying to detox itself. It's trying to fix itself. And they definitely won't tell you that you could just take an active charcoal and kill the bacteria immediately and be fine. I know because I've had food poisoning in the past when I was a kid and I remember like waiting in the waiting room at the hospital. Yes. Even back in the day, people waited in the hospitals. Yeah, that's not, that's not abnormal. Yep. And um, I remember waiting uh, in, in, at the hospital 
and uh because i was thrown up every you know every couple minutes it was it was crazy and uh, i get there i'm uncomfortable obviously sweating i'm running rushing to the bathroom while i'm waiting and then they're just like yeah you just got to stay hydrated you're you know and and eat, try to eat bread or toast or whatever i'm like oh great advice i could google you know i could have googled in the comfort of my own home but it, you know I end up later in life as I got into more natural remedies and stuff like that. I found out that you could just take active charcoal. It kills the bacteria immediately. This next time I got food poisoning, uh, I took it and my stomach calmed down immediately. And it's good. I mean, it's actually some people use it for detoxing and all types of things. But my point is like these things you're not going to be told about. And, um, and I'm sure I had some other greater point that I was going to, but now I went down the whole but I just want to, I want to comment that Dr. Tom Cowan, I just love him. I've heard him on many different podcasts, but um, just the thing on the fevers too, I just wanted to comment. Like he referenced some other doctor that, you know, there, there used to be this doctor that he said, give me a fever and I can cure anything. Like there was, I believe he cured someone's cancer by keeping them with a fever for like a month. Like the fever is actually a very effective tool. And they used to, I mean, it's one of those things, again, it's, it's just that they've, they painted in a bad way. So you have to be dependent on pharma, right? Well, they have. And the, the truth is too, like, like you're saying, like fevers, I feel like that's the way that they start us as parents to become um, indoctrinated into pharma right away. Because I'm pretty sure I still have books on my shelf at home from 20 years ago, what to expect when you're expecting and several others that will tell you on the list of uh, supplies you should have when you bring your infant home from the hospital, Tylenol is on the top <laughs> of that list. Um, for a brand new infant, symptom management. That's because all they're doing. Absolutely. The fevers are are something to be, you know, I have a cousin who has done, you know, paramedics and he's a firefighter in California for, you know, the last 20, 25 years. But I know that he's talked to me about, you know, like, you know, you have to use discernment. He's like, you know, I have had calls where we have parents who will call us because their kids are, you know, seizing, like they're at five, 105, 106, you know, we've got a teenager at home and their fever has been so high so long with, you know, no tepid water to bring it down. No, no. I mean, you have to have some discernment, you know, you can only let it, maybe get, let it come down for four hours. Right. But, but fevers are healing. No. And, and so like when my kids aren't like at, at nighttime, when my kids are sick, that's the worst part. You know, you know how it is when you're sick, nighttime is always the worst. So sometimes if they're, you know, if it's getting too high or especially if it's, if it's giving them a terrible headache and they can't sleep, a lot of times at night, I'll use a little something to help it come down for their comfort. But with understanding that in the morning, we're going to let that rage on because that's what's going to kill it. You know, we take our lukewarm baths and we have, you know, fresh broths and all of those things, but we take care of, we take care of our bodies. We don't treat symptoms because, and in my opinion too, when you're, when you're putting all this shit in your body too, your, your liver and your kidneys have to process that out. I mean, and we're constantly being inundated by our environment and, and in particular by the food we put in our bodies off out of big grocery stores that our body's having to kick out all of these toxins, all these chemicals, all these preservatives, all of these food colorings. And we had Tim James and it terrified me when I, we came to the conclusion that I eat way too many M&Ms now that I know what those colors are. But <laughs> um, so I also have Chris Kirkhoff's, uh, you know, heavy metal detox stuff beside my bed. So we're, we're working on it. But, um, but anyways, yeah, I think that that's a huge thing that gets missed. And, and so like the first, I, with my older kids, I remember when kids start pulling their ear, Oh, we're going to go down. We need an antibiotic. That was what I thought. We need an antibiotic. It didn't occur to me that we could let that, run that we could you know there's garlic drops through the ears there's you know and and little kids you know those little station tubes they're so tiny it's it's normal and common for those to get backed up and to hurt now 
you know, if you start having an ear infection and then in four or five or six days, you get a huge spike. Here. Well, maybe you've got a little problem with the eardrum. Maybe you've got a little, maybe something needs done, but it doesn't usually need done. And more often than not, what they're doing is they're, and just on this, in this one thing with antibiotics, you have worried parents and doctors who are, you know, taught to push these, you know, healing remedies and they're just giving. And so now we've got, you know, this huge resistance to bacteria. We've got this huge resistance. Um, it's like, we'll go to the grocery store and there, I think we have all of the sanitized carts and the kids standing outside with their masks on. And I'm like, you know, and I'll walk up and go for the drones. I'm like, oh no, no, those aren't clean. I'm like, please don't wipe my cart. You know, it comes to my turn at the counter and they have all their antibacterial, they're squirting all the ATM machine. I'm like, please don't do that. Please, please don't yeah, do that for all. me. I'm, 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 I don't hold you accountable. Please don't do that. That is the most unhealthy thing I can imagine. You know, I, before COVID we had uh, antibacterial in my car. And so whenever I was out with my kids at the lake or wherever we were, you know, inside the grocery store, we get in the car, we put a little squirt on your hands. I don't know where people have been, you know, and now I'm just like, don't fucking use it. Yeah. Nobody uses yeah. it. We don't have antibacterial anymore. No, no more of that. We wash your hands with soap and water when we get home, yeah. like normal people and go on about our lives. Yeah, so. We eat well, food to, off the ground, everything, man. And to be fair, <laughs> I, I think true. a lot of the, the, um, the science that's come around about the microbiome has been in the last literally like 10 years. And just like how, like all the sanitized stuff that we have, like we know, like, like our guts are suffering because of it. We yeah. need to be outdoors and, and around. I mean, the people with pets that are, have pets bringing stuff in from outdoors, they have way healthier microbiomes, right? Like what we're doing is, is very counterintuitive to what we actually know scientifically now. And you look at uh, doctors like Dr. Zach Bush, who's really getting into that microbiome and is, it's, uh, you know, I, I think we have a lot to learn in that realm, but like what we're doing is definitely the wrong direction. Well, they're using chemicals and petroleum-based pharmaceuticals to completely separate us from our organic humanity. As if going the other direction, I think that's the, the lie that's been sold to us. It's like, that's the more powerful. We're more powerful as computers. We're more powerful with medicine. We're, we can be all of these things. And, and that's the lie is that we're, we're not powerful in and of ourselves, that we're not able to have these higher revelations or these higher ways of living if we disconnect from this matrix that they have forced us inside of um, more and more and more lately, I keep sending it to the guys, but you know, I, I really want to move off grid. And I have a, a brother who has for the last almost seven years now in Missouri, they have fully uh, running farm, no electricity, well water, you know, beehives, you know, but they went out there with a the trailer and knowing nothing. Um, and now they've done all these things. And so I'm watching people build, you know, mud huts and cob cottages and what was a uh, the air, air Crete, I think. Mm. So there's like hemp Crete and foam Crete. Now there's air Crete to make like these domed um, buildings. But anyways, one of the ladies I was watching last night was just talking about, you know, she was explaining, you know, how she doesn't have furniture and all this. And, and as you start to listen to her reason, she sits on the floor. She, you know, is, is more in touch with her environment. You know, she's like, I don't like, she's like, you know, people say I don't have a lot of space. You know, it's just this little hut. It's made of like mud and branches, you know, and it's all overgrown with moss and ferns and, it's absolutely magical. And I'm just like, she's like, but I don't spend my days sitting in there. Like my house isn't about like material things. And I sit in there and look at my TV and I'm looking at all my beautiful things on the wall. She's like, I'm out about like interacting in nature. I'm with animals. I'm gathering water. I'm cutting wood. I'm preparing my meals. I'm, you know, consciously making decisions all the time for my well-being and sustaining my way of life. So it's, it sounds infinitely richer than any story that was ever painted for me or that in any path I was following prior to this whole pandemic. Um, and so as I see people living in these other ways and getting back to their roots, learning how to grow things, learning how, you know, 
you know, all kinds of farming, animal husbandry, you know, crafts, you know, basket weaving, making, right. I mean, it seems like things that I never would have thought I would say or be interested in, but as I actually look into these other lifestyles, I'm like, you know what, that's, you know, sometimes you just hear someone say something, you're like, yep, that's true. Or you like see something, you're like, yep, that's for me. And this is totally what it's been for me. Absolutely. So are anyway. they going to let us do it though? I don't know. Well, that, you, don't yeah. want, you don't want Elon Musk's brain implant? Oh, I man. think that's another hill I came to die on. <laughs> well, if, if transhumanism, that whole agenda is real and they want us to at some point give up our, our bodies and to be connected to machines, what better way to convince people than make them so sick and so unhappy that you you know what living in a virtual reality is much better than living in the sick you know depressing body that is full you know medicated and that's the thing like we call it medicine but people have to realize like you're not actually curing yourself of anything what you're doing it's symptom management like you have yes. an illness that causes a symptom that illness is not directly affected at all you're just taking care of that symptom I, dr chris Kresher, who who uh who said, I believe on the Rogan podcast, when he said, you know, modern medicine's like having uh, pain because you have a rock in your shoe. And instead of telling you to take off the shoe and get rid of the rock, they give you a painkiller for the pain. Yep. You know, that's basically modern medicine. I mean, that's that's how uh, things work. So it's, um, yeah, we, we live in in a crazy time where people, there is this, this sense of like, hey, maybe we should look back of our ancestors or look at all these studies where there's no depression and no unhappiness or very little mm-hmm. uh, examples of it in these primitive ancestors in uh, people who live in the Amazon that are completely detached from other yes. communities. I mean, when you look at communities where the richest and the poorest, that gap is much smaller. The smaller it is, the less likely you're going to see depression and anxiety and all these things. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and uh, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of Dr. Chris Ryan, Christopher Ryan from uh, Tangentially Speaking. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I only got him to show up to the Union of the Unwanted show yeah. for seconds before he saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because when I edited that video, I purposely made sure that I'm like, let me, let me edit it right at the point where people can see him. So yeah. they don't, they know I'm not full of shit when I said I got him to show up. And, yeah. uh, and then, uh, you know, because then he, he literally like two seconds later, he, he punched out. And yeah. but I still want to have him back on my show and, and talk to him just as, as a solo guest. But his book, Civilized to Death, and a lot of the, the things he would say that I think we talked about when he was on my show, uh, you know, a while ago, but this whole idea of progress, like what is progress? These these questions I think are important because it's like we keep thinking like, OK, progress is better technology and we get to go places quicker and we have internet that's faster and all this stuff so we keep progressing with technology we keep thinking like it's going to make life better but like as technology advances and all these other things get better uh what gets worse is our happiness our yeah and exactly our quality of life and we keep thinking like quality of life means like having technology but it's not you know like we're not happier we're not you know and he he uh he uses this uh metaphor he tells a story about like if you look at the winners right in quotes the winners the winners are people who have all the material wealth right They, they have the expensive car they have the 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 private jet they have all the money the jewelry all this stuff uh maybe the trophy wife all this stuff if those people come to find out are unhappy, self-medicating, have trauma that they're dealing with, 
don't have a good relationship with their kids and 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 family members. So technically, even the winners are losing. Then maybe we have to rethink the whole fucking game. Maybe we have to yeah. rethink the whole system. And um, and I think those bigger questions are important. That's why I was such a fa- fan of the Venus Project back in the day, the mm. Design Guys movement. I know I've had a lot of people on my show that aren't fans of uh of Design Guys movement because I think they don't like the solution. But what I mm. think is important about the Design Guys movement is the idea that it 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 helped people come to the conclusion that they could rethink the way our reality, our system is, you know, like, for example, you know, when kids are born, they, they, they're not aware of money and currency. If we say, Hey, you know, we, uh, we, we pay things with hugs, you know? So when somebody does something nice to you, you give a hug and that's how you repay them. Um, that's the reality they would live in that they'd be okay with accepting that. So like we're conditioned as, as, as people, like this is the way the world works. We, we, we pay with currency with, we do this, we do that. We, you know, we go to a public school that teaches you this and, you know, and, and all this stuff. And, um, we never like, consider the fact that like this isn't the way things have to be this is just the way things are and and we can completely redesign and rethink society as a whole you know that's why even you know i've had professor richard wolf on who is one of the leading scholars in in marxism i'm sure you guys are familiar with him and and so because he's on a lot of different shows and i remember charlie uh robinson like that he's like oh i listen to that show he's like and this was like right after he came from like anarcho poco and i'm like Mm. we did i'm like what the hell are you doing listen to that show you just came from like anarcho poco and he's like oh it's fascinating or whatnot and um and i like the fact that like we're all willing to explore those ideas because i think the answer well i think there is no answer there is no one answer it's it's hybrid it's a lot of different things and i think humans are also really interesting in regards to like we think if we do this this will be the outcome then you do it and you're like wait this is they reacted slightly different or we realize that humans are very complex you know like i always make the argument that like corporations aren't inherently evil government isn't inherently evil like you could you could say in theory if we do this and we do that and we put these people to regulate this and like everything will work out but once you put it in practice you realize like okay humans are flawed so wherever there's humans there's going to be somebody who's going to manipulate the system take advantage of the system uh maybe even remold the system to to make it uh to give them the ability to, to to do something uh you know corrupt or whatnot so I think it, it, I hope people are taking shots every time I say whatnot. And, nah. <laughs> but so uh, I do think that all these things are, are super interesting and, and I love exploring, I love talking to libertarians and, mm-hmm. and hear them try to explain like, okay, how can a society interact with and, and, and communicate and, and, and go in, to, and exist and, and survive without some type of, government funding or government programs or public schools or p- who's paving the roads and all this stuff. I love because, and I love hearing these debates because I'm not sure. And I like to, to explore yeah. these ideas and, and I can't say I know for sure when a libertarian says, no, no, this is how humans would react. And this is how it would get done. I, I can say, yeah, maybe, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But my point is like, we know our system's broken. We know that that the way things are now e- either inherently doesn't work or uh, it's people just taking advantage of the system. Because I've heard those debates too. And I, and I like to entertain both. I think that uh, I do entertain the idea that maybe if things were run the way the founding fathers wanted it to be run, 
without people manipulating, manipulating it, maybe it would work out. Maybe we wouldn't have the issues. Absolutely. You know, yep. and, and I, I entertain that idea too, you know, and I do think that, you know, the, the, you know, people like to look at the constitution or the bill of rights of all these things. And they think like, you know, this is, this is like, you know, scripture, like you have to, and I'm like, well, why can't we debate these things? Why can't we, um, you know, reanalyze it or whatnot? Is it important? Yeah. I think if the idea makes sense, then we should defend it. If the idea doesn't make sense, we shouldn't defend it just because somebody before us said, hey, this is the most important of ideas. So I think all these, and that's what I love about podcasting. And I love, because so often in our everyday life, we go to work, we take care of our kids, we do our chores, we watch the TV and uh, you know, for two seconds and get mad at the propaganda to try <laughs> to tell people. And whatever, whatever we're doing, we don't spend a lot of time exploring ideas and exploring these things, you know, so, so often we'll jump on a team and say, okay, I'm on team, you know, socialism, because I think that, you know, people are struggling and people should get help. Or we think that people, and, and there's, and, and there's logical, I think, sincere arguments from all aspects. I think when, when you look at the idea that there are people who are in debt and forever will be in debt because unfortunately, medically, they got dealt a bad hand of cards, you know, that, that, that they have some medical issues that they had zero control over, or maybe they did have control over it, but they were sold some lies about what they should be eating. So they end up fucking themselves in that manner. Uh, so I do feel bad for those people. And the idea of like giving everybody, you know, universal healthcare, I, I get that. I get mm -hmm. that there's people who their heart are, are in the right place. They truly believe that can help them. So, and I do explore all these things. I, I, I think that, these bigger questions and these bigger picture questions are, are, are important because we, if we understand that they're trying to mold society this way, I think it's, it is important to think like, okay, well, we don't want society molded that way. How are we going to mold society and how would we want it? And I think a lot of times the answer, like Megan said, it's looking at our primitive ancestors. So, so often you look at like the way they lived, they were happier, they were healthier. Um, you know, you look at like the fact that they find tribes and in, 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 in that that literally have no signs of of cavities and you know even the way they eat they talk about how like the reason why we have such issues with our our wisdom teeth coming in and whatnot is because our diets are so bad that our hormone levels have been all fucked up and yep. and you look at like primitive ancestors they had wider faces so they had room you're supposed to have room for all your teeth to come in you know where now it's like we all have much skinnier faces because of our diets uh so like all these things it looks like every time we think we're smarter than our ancestors come to find out they knew something that we didn't give them credit for you know it's so many i mean a gut feeling right that's saying oh i have a gut feeling it's just something people say we never really think about it or analyze that statement but that's a, something that people have been saying for a long time and now people come to the conclusion that oh shit there's some it's some gut brain connection and on some people yes. even called a second brain so it's like people have been saying gut feeling forever not even realizing that like or maybe some people realize and that's the thing our ancestors, just because they didn't understand the way it worked, doesn't mean they couldn't understand it did work. You know, so a lot of times people are like, you know, oh, they're primitive idiots. Well, maybe, but some of the shit that they did to tease the whatever, you know, that stuff worked. Maybe they couldn't explain to you what chemically or or they're not a uh, you know, they don't they don't have a, a PhD in bio where they could explain what's going on, but you know, even if you have no knowledge of biology, if you take something and it seems to help you. 
then they at least know it's it's helping. And I think too often we dismiss it like, oh, they're idiots or whatever, just because they didn't have the deeper understanding of it or the the science understanding of it. And science itself is, I mean, that's a whole nother, another thing. I mean, just how religious that's yeah. become. Oh, and how, yeah. like, you know, and, and it's crazy because it's like, in a way, it's it, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of religious people you know, coming to the conclusion that science is a religion, you know, and then pushing back against that. And I think that, you know, like I said on, on Monday's show, like I find a lot of people who are fighting the same fights I'm fighting being the most religious of people. And I think that a little bit of it does have to do with the fact that a lot of people who are, you know, anti-religion, like even the whole atheist movement, you know, one of my issues with it was like, initially I'm like, I was raised a Catholic. I was always rebelling against, you know, that whole thing and going to Sunday school. And, and uh, I wanted, I didn't want to play soccer when I was a kid. I want, I didn't want, I wanted a, a BMX and skateboard and I wanted to listen to heavy metal and I wanted to go against authority and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, religion, that's just a cult. They don't, you know, anytime I have answers like or questions, they don't have answers. I just get in trouble. And and so obviously they're closed minded or whatnot. And then I'm like, oh, these atheists, they're open minded. They, they, they're, they're very open minded. So I join, yeah, I joined that cult. And then I'm like, oh shit, like these guys are just as closed minded as the people over there. Like they're just, you know, and closed minded on different issues. And, and then you realize that like, the atheists and the the four science people. I mean, the most unscientific thing you can do is think that you haven't figured it. You that you haven't figured out. Like yeah. I, I forget who quote uh, who I'm quoting, but somebody's like, you know, nobody's dug more more graves for for theories than science like they're constantly reinventing themselves and and reanalyzing themselves and and saying hey we haven't figured out oh no this scientist says you know this study shows a different outcome or whatnot and and the crisis for science i don't know if you guys have seen that it's a great mm. short do- documentary by uh james corbett of course because every great documentary uh, maybe is maybe we have then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah. the crisis of science is awesome. I mean, it, it really shows this internal dilemma and how easy it is to get something peer reviewed and published. Like this idea that that's the gold standard is bullshit. Like mm-hmm. there, right. there have been people who put out fake studies just to prove how yeah. easy it is to get something uh, re- reviewed. I mean, look at the fucking food pyramid. I mean, the food pyramid yeah. grown up full of carbs and pastas and breads. Uh, yes, you know, that yeah. didn't get you health. That got you obese. That got you, mm-hmm. you know, so it just it, it, it's obvious that like it got, it got us back on big pharma that's yeah, exactly that's it yeah yeah, yeah. pushing it in public school health class to make sure that we took that chart home i remember them telling take take that chart home to our parents yeah so yeah. that later we could have issues yeah it's 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 also clear it's also connected just uh, every time we have these talks about any of these kinds of things i'm just like it's just it's just all connected to what they've been trying to do to us this this whole time yeah, but this I is mean, why big pharma feels like the biggest threat out of them all you know yeah. yes. over and over again Absolutely. because you know if we're in a war if we're not in a war if we're in syria if we're not in syria it's hard to get people passionate it's hard to get people worked up because they get to enjoy life as they always had but now this is so it's so in our personal lives it's seeping into every aspect of everything we do how are people not upset how are people not worked up when jason Burmis is on a show and and he's talking about how he goes to bed pissed off he wakes up pissed off i'm like i feel you man because it's like if i think about this stuff and and then there is this internal battle of don't get pissed off so much because the reason you're fighting the reason you're mad is because you don't have you feel like you're being restricted on your ability to enjoy life 
So yeah. what you can enjoy, make sure you enjoy it because we can get yeah. so angry all the time yeah. that we, we stop doing the thing that we're fighting for. All we want is to have the freedom to enjoy life and be free humans where we can interact with one another and enjoy life. And, and I mean, we don't know how long we have on this earth. This idea that's like just locked down for a month, for two months. Oh, 2020, let's just scrap 2020 and start again in 2021. It's like, I just want to shake people. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Some people didn't yeah. have 2021. You know, a lot yeah. of people didn't make it to 2021. It wasn't because yeah. of COVID. It was because of other reasons. You know, I had yeah, a right. who passed away from yeah. a, a heart issue in, in, in 2020. So this idea that you're, you're taking, I mean, we always say like, don't take tomorrow for granted or, or whatnot. And, and now oh, there's another shot, but uh, <laughs> I said, uh, whatnot, if you're wondering, but uh, yeah. in, in for the fact that people can just say like, Oh yeah, we'll just, we'll just worry for uh, till next year. You're, you're taking each day for granted. You're, you're, you're literally yeah. telling us to take 12 months and just forget about sacrifice 12 months, give up 12 months of your life, even though you don't know how long you're going to live for, you, but sacrifice a whole year and, and, and financially put yourself in, in some issues. Uh, what, what's happened to restaurants and people who work. I mean, that's the thing. It's not even just restaurant owners, people who work there, I mean, are, are affected. What do we export? We don't export shit besides war. The only mm -hmm. thing, one of our biggest industries is the restaurant business. I mean, so many people are connected to restaurants. So like people bringing in the food, people growing the food, people yeah. serving the food, Everybody is affected by this, uh, and and the fact that we're just going to be like, yeah, no big deal. Like, oh, well, for a virus that now every time somebody gets it, we just look at it as like, yeah, no big deal. We'll just wait till you get, you know, till you have your quarantine. And the fact that there's so many asymptomatic people, why is herd immunity not being discussed over and over again? Literally, I've gone to the point where they changed the definition. Yeah, well, they did, but one out of two or three people I know, uh, and I'm sure if I if I actually wrote down everybody I know, which would be a lot. Uh, they locally one out of two or three people have had COVID and yet nobody's saying, what well, can we, can we open shit up? Like we obviously have herd immunity. Like everybody has COVID. Every fucking NBA player has COVID. Every soccer player has COVID. Everybody has COVID and nobody's dying. So how many examples do you need of people saying I'm asymptomatic before you get to the point? They're like, obviously this isn't a, de a deadly virus, even though publicly Everybody's saying they're asymptomatic, but yet we're still acting like we're in a state of emergency. And that's that's yeah. the thing. Like uh, all these restrictions and all this ability to kind of ignore the constitution and ignore our rights has been because we're in a state of emergency. Well, obviously we're not in a fucking yeah. state of emergency. So we, we just have to put an end to this. I mean, uh, again, I, I'm just like you guys, I get worked up when I'm talking about this and it is. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's hard not to get upset because oh, certainly. It, it's, I don't want to talk about it. I want it to be over. I want to be able to move on to other topics. Can I talk about yes. world war two again? Can I talk about like yeah. you know, other, yeah. other interesting stuff? It's, but it's like, every time you do, it's like you watch the TV or you hear about some new fucking crazy restriction or how they want to, you know, I all these. I feel bad for first responders. These people who who have to get get the vaccine to keep their job. All these uh, guinea pigs that have been brainwashed to believe that they're doing something for the greater good. That they truly. And that's the thing. And it, I, I feel bad because I know that in their hearts of hearts they truly believe 
that the vaccine is is helping them and it's for the greater good and if everybody got it all this would end but it's never going to fucking end they're going to come up with a new strain then we're going to have to get a new vaccine and yeah, big pharma will find some other way of getting our personal lives the money that's in this stuff you're getting the vaccine for free somebody's fucking paying for it the pharma companies aren't giving it out for free you know they mm-hmm. still want their money so people have to think about that like when you see free flu vaccine somebody's making money off it like they're not give it's not like they're just produce big somebody's the product somebody's the product we're the right yeah exactly we're we're watching ourselves beginning it's free live tv on every platform yeah Yeah. so sorry to interrupt you no no it's okay so i needed interrupting right might have never ended (laughs) (laughs) that's okay you and i have that in common so it works out well it's fine (laughs) it's great holy crap but yeah I know I've, uh, I've, I've, we've been talking for, what is it, 11 p.m. here? Almost two yeah, and a half hours, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll see, there's mine. You guys take a shot. I just said, dude, man. Okay. So I didn't realize I was going to go back later and take shots for all of the times you say that in shows. So I'm going to have a fun weekend. Now I have some catching up to you. I'm gonna yeah, get, yeah. You know. <laughs> who, who does the editing? Because do I hate listening to myself when I have to edit. I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear this. So I, 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 do prim- I do it primarily and I've been trying to get them up to speed so I can take a vacation one of these days, but that's all right. Yeah. No, I love it, dude. I love it. I love it. Speaking of journeys though, Ricky, I went and watched your pilot episode. Uh, was it yesterday, the day before your episode one? So great, man. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. You yourself with that. No, it was great, man. You're like, you're like, you're like, I'm a liberal atheist. I'm like, wow, we've, a long ways but but to be fair like the definite like ed pointed out like the definition of being a liberal has changed so much like it's just insane i would yeah yeah yeah. i mean uh, i've said that also on the show just the idea that you know it's uh i don't feel like what i stood for changes or Mm -hmm. i just feel like exactly the way i would label myself for people to understand would change yeah you know exactly yeah Yeah. you know i i've had adam scorgy on early in you know in the podcast and he's all for like, you know, anti big pharma because they want to make sure that we doesn't become elite, uh, legal because it's a, it's a plant medicine and people are getting some uh, benefits from it. And it's like lo- a lot of those people that were standing on that, you know, battle with me were liberals or people on the left who wanted yeah. to get weed legally, you know, and, and didn't think it was fair. And now like all the people who are fighting against big pharma seem to be on the right, you know? So yeah. like you said, like, it, it's not that I don't feel like I've changed that. And I, no. of course, I think you have this many podcasts, this many yeah. conversations, you're going to evolve, you know, you're going to change sure. slightly. And I, and I think if you're not open to that, you're not being fair to yourself, I think, and, and you're going to restrict yourself and, and po- possibly you could end up being wrong on something for a long period of time because you didn't explore the other perspectives. So I, I think that's a, uh, you know, that's something that's going to come, but uh, yeah, I think in, in many cases, like, like you said, Scott, I, I think I'm going to be like, yeah, I used to call myself this yeah. and I call myself this now, but, my, I stand for the same thing. It's just totally you know, sure. The, sure. You know, so yeah. totally. we just stay the same in the world. Just, just crashes down around us, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Just, and you guys are going to find that. I'm sure you're going to go back and listen yeah. to Oh, sure. I already have. Yeah. At least <laughs> our first episode. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't <laughs> ever go back. I can't, I, it's hard enough for me just to show up and not yeah. sweat down the back of my shirt. If like, that's my forward progress. I don't need to see what happened in the past at this point. It's so. been, it's honestly, honestly, just watching Megan just come alive in this thing has been such a powerful thing too. Like she's oh, become she's just such a strong voice and like, 
man, dude, like it's, it's been amazing just watching her just grow into what she's becoming. I have to admit, like, I've like picked people, like, I'm like, we need to get that person on. Cause I think that person and Megan are going to hit it off. And then like, once we get, if we can just ignite Megan, like me and Scott can just just sit back. We just sit back. Well, let me, I want to tell like a tiny piece of this story. So, um, I went through terrible trauma about six years ago and I lost a, a lot of my memory. Um, and to this day, I struggle a lot with memory things and in particular short-term memory. So one of the biggest struggles that I have with doing uh, the podcasting and, and especially like the inundation of just evidence, you know, evidence and information and articles. And I mean, you know, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm like, literally like starting to shake my foot as I'm saying it, like it, it gets overwhelming. Um, but but when all that happened to me, I really kind of just disconnected from the world. I was kind of a shut-in. Um, I, I wasn't thriving in life at all. I was seeing doctors that were medicating me hugely. Medi- I mean, I've always been just a holistic girl, um, especially after my daughter was vaccine injured, you know, 20 years ago almost. Um, and I allowed, you know, I, I think I went back and counted up all the pills that they were prescribing me. So for two years, they were prescribing me 7,000 pills a year. Um, that's a lot. Um, so I, I know that didn't help my memory. I mean, at the time it got me through, um, some of the things that I maybe wouldn't have been able to process or go through, or at least it numbed me to get through these things. I lost my mother to suicide. She took her life in my house, um, in the bedroom above where I was sleeping. So, um, that, that fucked me up quite a bit. I was very, very close to my mother. And, uh, so that was pretty traumatizing. And then, um, in the times that it took, I hate to say this, I hate to give credit to Facebook, hmm. but <laughs> after a few years, I, I had, I had a Facebook account, but I wasn't really using it. And then after a couple of years, I just, I was tired of being indoors. I was tired of not talking to people. I um, had, I had a terrible car accident and went cold Turkey off all my medication. Never, never took any again. Um, I just knew that, that, that the time that the purpose it was supposed to have served Um, whatever to get me through depression, anxiety and not functioning and, you know, not sleeping or not being awake, all the things that they were treating me for at the time to get through, um, it it no longer was valid. And I just was done with it. Um, And as I came out and it was like watching other people live their lives, you know, I have, you know, friends internationally, you know, watching people in, um, uh, I'm trying to think was my, my most favorite, um, Shoot, I can't think. But anyway, it's just beautiful ocean, you know, people living their lives, people connecting. And that's kind of what drew me out, you know, and then I would start to like, you know, meet with a girlfriend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And then I'm going to see family and all these things. Um, And then I ended up uh, getting into a very enmeshed uh, situation, kind of coming out of that healing with somebody who I still term carefully as a soulmate, um, but that ended up being tragically abusive. And so I'm coming out of kind of one instance where my mind wasn't right and kind of, you know, slowly over time, because we all know abusive situations don't just, they're not that way from the beginning, right? They become, they, they digress. Um, so there, there's just been a lot of things that really have affected my self-confidence and my ability to, to sit in front of people. And so this whole thing, like when they say that I've come a long way, even still, like as, as I sit here now, it's, it is a huge, uh, it's an emotional struggle for me, or it's, you know, that's my, my own personal barrier where I don't feel like that confidence or especially, and in particular, because of the way my mind doesn't hold information the way that it did because of the way that I have to keep things in my brain, I can see something over and over and over again, but oftentimes it doesn't stick. It's interesting. Scott and I saw, um, not this fall, but last we went to the Eugene symphony together. And I just happened to come across this picture. And he was saying that he follows the violinist that we saw 
on Instagram. We were just kind of chatting about that last night. And I said, Oh, I don't, and I'm, you know, going to the symphony to see a violinist. That's like the joy of my life. That was why I used to go, but I didn't remember there being a violinist there when we went. And he he literally (laughs) sent me a picture of her and I, and I don't recall it. I don't recall it. Like I remember buying the dress. I remember what the two of us wore, but so, and it's, and it's crazy to try to say. And so like, when I'm just having a conversation with someone who doesn't know that about me, I think a lot of times it just seems like I get carried down a lot of rabbit holes and I lose my train of thought. But the truth of the matter is, is that six years ago, I was very, very on point and able to be very articulate and hold on to my thoughts. And so I get discouraged with myself and I have like, especially we get on union and everyone starts talking and the amount of information I'm like, oh shit, everything I wanted to say. I'm like, oh, um, what did she just say? Okay. What I was going to say is completely not valid now. You know, like there's that, um, but we're, you know, this many months in and I've come this far, You're Killing it, dude. I'm going to keep going. Um, but this has definitely been outside of my comfort zone. And, but, but for a broader purpose, I mean, I say all the time, you know, all growing up, I was told, you know, you have a big mouth, girl, you have a big mouth, girl, you need to learn your place, girl, you need to stay in your lane, you know, like everyone, you need to be a submissive wife, you know, all of these things. And I was really made to feel that how I am and who I am was wrong. You know, maybe just, just wrong. I was wrong to be how I am. And then all of this happened. And I just totally felt like God was like, this is why you found your place. This is why you have a loud voice. This is why you have a big mouth girl. This is why you get out of your lane. This is why you're hard to handle at times. This is why you get fiery. This is what I built you for. I know you love to dance at festivals, but this, this warrior business, this is for you. (laughs) So um, anyways, all of these things to say that uh, we've all come uh, a long ways and, and so, so grateful for these two guys sitting with me. These are a couple of my dearest friends in the world. I love them both very, very much. And the connections that we've been able to make with each other, the support that we've had together and with others in this community has been literally life-changing over these months. So we're so, so grateful to and you. I uh, can't, can't say enough thanks to you, Ricky. Yeah, man. Ricky, like, totally. Undo gratitude forever, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the growth is, is don't be a rule follower, right? Yeah. Don't be a rule follower. <laughs> yeah. In a world that's telling all the world rule followers that you're the you're the retrumplicants and we're yeah. gonna the get you. The retrumplicants. <laughs> oh my don't gosh. Don't be a rule follower. <laughs> and that's I'm gonna raise my kids to to not be rule followers. So like yep. they're gonna go and they're gonna be going against the grain. Yep. yep. Totally. Oh yeah. It's funny. I'll we start our days and I'm like my kids always come in. I have uh, I have two adopted children too. Um, but they come in in the mornings, you know, and they get all cozy on my bed. You know how kids do when they don't want to do their homework. Especially but it's okay. I'll take what I can get. Um, but you know, sometimes I'm like, all right, you know, they're all stretching. They have those little sleepy kid faces, you know, and my puppy's on the bed and I'm like, shall we listen to David Icke this morning? <laughs> what do you want to turn on a clip from Alex Jones guys? And I'm like turning this stuff on. And so we'll start, we have these conversations. So I was saying, you know, we were, I don't remember what it was like two, three, four weeks ago. Someone was within the last month. And my, uh, my little boy, he said, we were talking and I said, okay. And, you know, we were talking about NASA and we were talking about Nazi Germany and we're talking about the CIA and he's like, and I'm like, and who makes up the CIA? And he's like, Nazis. And I'm like, that's it. That's right. That wasn't on your social studies, but a plus baby. So anyways, it's interesting. Well, I, I, if it makes you feel better, I've always been a believer that being able to regurgitate information doesn't really mean that much to me. Like if you meet somebody and they're just, they're, you know, you do meet some people who can memorize every name and date and all that stuff, but they're not necessarily the most fascinating person, you know, because they don't, they don't know why that information is important or they're just regurgitating because yeah. it's, they're trying to sound smart or intelligent. To me, talking about ideas are much more interesting and knowing how 
some of that information relates to your life. Like if it doesn't, like Daniele Bignelli would say, you know, if it doesn't help you understand yourself or the world around you, then what good is it? You know, what good is right. the information? You know, and too many people, that's what they are. They're book smart. They're just regurgitating information. They sound really intelligent. But then how many people who are really book smart if you sat at a table and you just talked about whatever, I just share some stories or personal uh, opinions or philosophies, wouldn't sound like the most intelligent person at a table or the most fascinating or the most well thought out. So, uh, and I still get those those things. I mean, I've been doing this show for almost 300 episodes now mm, and since uh, yeah. like 2013. And I still forget shit because I get nervous. I still mess uh -huh. up because I get nervous. I, uh, I get really insecure about my intelligence or my ability to hold a conversation or, or whatnot. I mean, that's just what makes you human. I think people can see past that. You know, I think people, for example, I'm one of the most popular people that have been on and, and host the union that wanted Sam Tripoli. Nobody fucks up more names than Sam Tripoli. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody yeah. loves Sam Tripoli. Why? Yeah. He's sincere. He's a good yeah. person. He doesn't always get the facts right, but you know, his heart's in the right place. So uh, that's something I, I, I constantly remind myself and I rem remind others like you're going to fuck up on things. You're going to get, uh, you're going to get a specific stat or quote wrong or whatnot, but it's the idea behind it. Just get the idea right. And, 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 and be sincere and people will, they'll completely, you know, everybody has a fucking smartphone. You look it up yourself. Why do I have to get it right? I mean, right, I'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I, I, you know, I'll get you in the area, you know, I'll give you yeah. the, like the, key, the yeah. key words, the good to, to search, and then you can figure out the rest. It's like, yeah. you know, to like me, that. that's, that's much more important, you know, get me in the area, bring up somebody that maybe I've never heard of or a study I've maybe never heard of. And if you give me the idea of what the study is about, then I'll go look into it myself. I don't need you to give me every specific thing. So um, to me, you know, uh, hopefully that reassures you that it does actually yeah. that, that gives me a lot of confidence and that's and deeply encouraging too. Cause I think that's where I get like, I'm like, okay, I know, I know this, but I don't fucking know why I know this. Like, you know, it's that kind of stuff where people are like, well, where, where did you get that? I'm like, ah, I'm going to re-research that and get right back to, you know what I mean? Like that. And, and, and that's a good point. I think that the dynamics and the sincerity is everything. I mean, um, you can have, like you say, all the information in the world, which I definitely don't have. Um, but what people want is to hear genuine, I mean, what, what the alternative to alternative media is that they're not getting genuine. They're not getting real. They're not getting passion. They're not getting something that's well thought, thought out, well-researched. You know, they're getting, you know, sound bites, sound bites and CIA agents feeding them, you know, deep state propaganda. Um, well, so I do, I do feel encouraged by those words. Definitely. Definitely. I, encouraged I, I, me I think it was Mark Twain who said like, why memorizing anything you can look up? And it's true. Like why memorize, mm -hmm. why just memorize? Like, why am I going to waste storage in my brain for shit that I can just look up when I need to. Like, as long as I know the idea, like for me, I always say, I, I don't remember the thing, but I remember what I learned from that thing, you know? Yeah. So I, re so it's like, okay, I, I read this study. I read that study. I listened to this person. I watched that, that documentary, listen to that podcast. And that all helped me come to this conclusion. Yeah. I might not remember all that shit that brought me to this conclusion, but I remember the conclusion. So I know my conclusion is backed by good information that I don't remember, totally. but that's it, it. Uh, yep. <laughs> but that's important. That's important to me. That conclusion is equally uh, is more important because you can always look up that information. You know, you can always find that information. Be like, okay, let me send you the study that I know, you know, brought me here. And let me send you this. Let me send you that. I might not remember everything about that study, but when I read it, I remember it was making sense. And I was, those dots were connecting. So, um, you know, I think often we give, 
too much credit for people who can just regurgitate stuff. To me, it's not nearly as important, you know, as, as the conclusion is what's important. What you learn from that stuff is important. So, um, but yeah, I mean, not to keep you guys up, uh, you know, too, too much. We're, well, we're keeping you up, man. Holy yeah, it's, it's, sure. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I love doing this stuff. I could do this. Okay, cool. Time. But, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll let people know where they can get my podcast for your listeners. Totally. Vice versa. You want to do that? Sounds great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So for Ricky, Ripple effect podcast.com ripple effect podcast, merch.com. It's on float. It's on, yeah. And thank you guys for always doing that. I really appreciate it. Appreciate they never it. tell me when they're about to do that. I want to coordinate and do the three of us, but like the last two times, uh, I didn't, even I didn't, I didn't get the group thing. chat and memo. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you, Ricky. It's, it's all right. But it's, and then Patreon obviously support the show on Patreon, which somebody has been doing it from you guys. And I really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Uh, it, it's, it's awesome. It really means a lot. And, and I'm like you guys, I'm like, as long as I don't lose money, I'm happy. So I'm, I'm at that point where I'm not, I'm not losing money. So I'm, I'm happy with that. And, uh, that's it. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, float odyssey, all, all the same places you guys are. And probably eventually also on Rockfin. Cool. <laughs> RV 36, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Right, listeners, you want to let everybody know where you guys are at? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've kind of alluded to it. We just uh, started a page on Rockfin, rockfin.com forward slash Truzilla. Um, come check us out over there. We got a little bit of premium content. We got a new Truzilla shirt store too. Um, we have a website, Truzilla.org. You can always find us there if we disappear from whatever platform you're watching us on. And so the shirt store is Truzilla.org slash shirts. We got a, a awesome shirt that was designed by Cheney from Idiot. Yes. And the rest of them are all original. A lot of them are Megan's. Megan's got the cool ones. Like you can't inject health. Um, that's a great one. I love that that's one. True. Um, and anyways, other than that, we're on all platforms like float, uh, Instagram, Facebook as at Truzilla. And then on, uh, uh, Odyssey. Yep. 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 Odyssey. Uh, all of our videos less than an hour <laughs> as of right now. And then, uh, to be continued. Yeah. We're working on getting them uploaded to bit shoot and at Truzilla pod on Twitter. That's it. Yeah, yeah. This talk is to, this is why he says that. Yeah, <laughs> talk, talk to Matt from Content Safe to see if he can help you out too. He's he's awesome. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah he was great. He's a, yeah, he's great. He's a he's a tech guy. He's another guy who I really love the fact how how passionate he is about the movement. I mean, he he's a podcast listener. He listens to all our podcasts. Yeah. He he's a fan of of all the things that we're fighting for. So it just happens that he's also tech savvy and he can use his talents to to help you know, the content that he, he likes and enjoys. So uh, I love meeting people like that. And, and the whole community thing. I mean, one thing about podcasts and people listening, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, reach out yeah. to it. I'll help you out. Reach out to Truthzill. They'll help you out. Yep. Jared. For sure. Yeah. So it, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome how nice everybody is and how willing everybody is to help. And uh, yeah. it really is a community. So hopefully we keep growing it. The union unwanted keeps growing. Oh and, man. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, I, and, like I told you, Scott, if Alex Jones is ever on, you guys will be the yeah, first yeah. to know. <laughs> or if you ever get uh, Melissa Floyd and Dr. Bob Sears, like they would be amazing on there and make sure we're on there for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. Since they're going to plug their two people, can I plug? Oh, yeah. she, she's got yeah. some too. She's, There's two. I, I, have these, I have these dream people I want to talk to, okay? Three. You have three. Who's my... Okay, I'm, I, okay. before I ask you my third, I'll say the first two that okay. I remember. All right. <laughs> so Candace Owens... I, I really, really would love to have a, have a, a group conversation with Candace um, and Owen Schroyer. Owen Schroyer, InfoWars guy. Yeah, yes, yeah. Owen. And then so. uh, David Icke. David Icke. Yeah. David, David Icke. David Icke would be just amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that is my, yeah, you're right. That's, you're right. We made our list. We went all back and forth recently. We're like, okay, everyone come up with like three guests that we can reach out to and, you know, realistically kind of get on the show. And, <laughs> it was like in a group chat. Scott's like, all right, well, who do you guys want to have? Want? And Megan's like, Candace Owens, David Icke, Owen Schwerer. I'm like, come on. How do you even contact these to people, be, Megan? Come to, on. to be fair, the last time they said that, I was like, can we book Charlie Robinson? And then yeah, Scott reached yeah. out and Charlie said yes. So I was like, can we reach out to Owen and Candace? Like, yeah. <laughs> is that how that's going to work? We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It really doesn't hurt to try. And you guys have yeah. had a lot of great guests on your show. So oh, yeah. when oh, they yeah. see that, when they look up your, your, your show and they see, you know, Jason Burmas, Charlie Robinson, all these uh, great people are on there. They're like, Oh, I, I know those people. I like those people. You know, I'll, I'll go on. Ricky Verandes. Ricky Verandes. Oh, yeah. he's nice. <laughs> I've been trying to look yeah. that asshole forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it kind of reminds me of that joke where uh, I forget which comedian said, you're like him and his wife did the same thing. Like, Hey, pick one celebrity or one person that you could get a pass on that you would want to sleep with. You know, if, uh, if you run into them, I'll give you a pass. You can sleep with them. So the wife's like, I don't know, pick some like, you know, Vin Diesel or whoever. And then yeah. he, it was uh, the husband's turn. And he's like, oh, uh, the waitress at uh, Ruby Tuesdays. I'm like, why the fuck oh. did you pick her? Because that's realistic. I, I can actually hook up with her. You just told me you'd give me a pass. So it, Oh, uh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it, uh, but the point is, yeah. Anyone ever hear from him again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah if he, if he uh, after that comment, and if he was a functional medicine doctor, he's probably dead. Yeah. 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 Uh, Man. Uh, But thanks, guys. I really, we're going to have to thank you, Ricky. Thank you you so much. Keep up the great work. I love how active you guys are in the community. Like the fact you guys are out there, you're meeting people, you're doing stuff. I I, I love that. I, I know a lot of people in the alternative community have been saying we need more of that. So, totally. uh, you know, I'm always bringing you guys up. I'm like, yo, the Truthzilla crew, they're, they're out there, man. They're getting their hands dirty and not yeah. using sanitizer because, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the best compliment we've got yet, dude. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. But, uh, wow. sure. But thanks, guys. Hey, well, thanks, we'll Ricky. Touch. And and like I told you guys before, if there's ever been anybody on my show that I can help you guys out with, I'll, I'll I'll do what I can. You know, I mean, you guys are obviously doing great work, and and you know, like I said, it's a community. So as a Absolutely. community, we help each other out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ricky. And thank you enough, Ricky. Such a For pleasure. Sure. So I'm so glad to talk to you this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did good, Megan. Megan. Sometimes I go on long rants, and and people are like. It's so nice to have somebody that, that you like relate and you go through those same like little, like you understand the anxiety. And I, that's so and nice I to hear because I like, sometimes I feel like people just start talking. They're so like confident and on point. And I just feel like, oh my gosh, everyone's like, I just feel like it's so obvious that I feel like I'm not. So it's, it's good and encouraging. Yeah. Like, like we that. needed you to rant the first show. This time you needed to break up our rants really, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it flowed pretty well. That's good. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, sure. Ricky. Thank yeah. you. Hey, thanks guys. Hey. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch and uh, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. Oh, we'll yeah. Soon. Thank All you. right, man. Good Have a good night. See you See guys. Ya. Everybody, that was Ricky Verandes of the Ripple Effect podcast. What an intense and amazing interview. Gave me a lot of encouragement, a lot Heck of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, relatability. Yeah, he's just a wonderful, a guy. really, guy. really nice so man. Much respect. And yep. to be fair, like we would not be where we're at today nope. without, without him. Nope. Not nope. at all, for sure. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, Thank such you, Ricky. such an awesome human. He's helped us out and supported us and encouraged us all along. So deeply, deeply grateful to you, Ricky. Thank you so much. The Ripple Effect Podcast. I am Megan, sitting here with my wonderful friends Scott and Ed, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Oh, Aaron M. Thank you for the two dollar tip. Pew 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 pew. Ding ding.